0: Hey folks, it's Cody Stauffer with Playmakers Corner, here to tell you about Code Red Coaching. Competing in athletics means you've lifted the weights, you've watched film, and you've got the passion. Problem is, that's what everyone else in the state has done. Perfect your game by honing in on your mental performance with Code Red Coaching. Whether you are a team or an individual, Code Red Coaching has the tools to create mentally solid habits and set up you or your team for success. Find Code Red Coaching at coderedcoaching.com or call 720-979-1914 to learn more today. That's coderedcoaching.com or 720-979-1914 today. Now back to the show.
1: What's good, y'all? Welcome back to the Playmakers Corner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts for today, Simon Villanos, a.k.a. Coach V.
0: And I'm the other participant of this episode and series, Cody
1: (laughs) and we got our famed top five seniors positions uh position players here in Colorado this is the class of 2023 believe this is our second third year this is well this is our third year officially doing this thing And so let me go ahead and explain this series real quick uh, in case, you know, you're a new listener and you want to see what this is all about here. But basically, we're going to go position group by position group uh, when it comes to these groups of seniors here in the state of Colorado. And we're going to rank them, you know, we're going to go one or five to one. And uh, basically how we do this is that we got 10 categories that we're grading these players at you know, at all these different positions, and we'll give them a grade anywhere between 1 and 10 here, uh, here, let me go ahead and pull up, uh, what that means exactly, so if they get a grade of a 1 to 3, that, on that skill, that means they need improvement, if they get a grade anywhere between 4 and 6 on that skill, on that skill, basically, that means it's about average for the high school level and whatnot. This skill on a bad day is just below average, but above average at its very best. So it's mid is what it is. And then seven to eight, that's above average to good here. That's a pretty wide range there, to be honest with you. Comparable to two-star Maybe fringe low 3 star talent if you want to go there uh, with that skill. Now if we give them a grade of 8 to 9 on that skill that means it's good to great. skill is comparable to a 3 or 4 star. For me at least if I give them a grade 8.5 and up that's a high 3 star 4 star guy. You know, 8.5 and below, that's a three-star guy, just about. So, there you go there. And then 9 to 10, that means that skill, they are very good to elite at it. Uh, Comparable to four-star, five-star. They're, you know, at this skill, you know, they're some of the best in the country. You know, that's comparable to some of those guys that are going to an Alabama, LSU, you know, Ohio State. You know, that skill is comparable with guys that will be going to those spots there. So, There you go. And then after that, you know, we average it out. There's 10 categories uh, with that. And on this episode, we got middle linebackers. And so the way we kind of went about this is if they played in the middle or if maybe they were like a 4-3 outside linebacker, but they didn't exactly line up on the edge all the time. Then we considered them a middle linebacker, a linebacker in this episode. And so they were definitely in consideration there and so that's how that goes and we've looked at a lot of film we've attended a lot of games uh, not just this year and not just last year but the last couple years uh, especially with this group here to go ahead and, and ID where they play at and uh, the things they do well and uh, not so well at and so there you go just getting all that out of the way and then finally here are our categories for our middle linebackers that we're going to be grading them so we got man coverage and zone coverage ability just how well they do in the passing game we got hit power that's self-explanatory top end speed agility hit fluidity uh, under that you can also put sideline to sideline speed then we got height slash frame that's uh considering you know obviously how tall they are and how much they weigh slash how much we know they weigh because the listing might be a little bit different we got tackling that's both the skill and just how well they do it as well it, it's easier to explain as we go down the line then we got pass rushing skills block shedding ability run defendability and then uh, after that we go ahead and add all those up and then we give them their overall grade there so there you go there obviously the higher grade you have the higher you're gonna be on this list cody am i missing anything i know that's kind of a lot but i just wanted to make sure we cover all our bases here with this series
0: Well, I mean, I think it's obvious to point out that as positions change, that, you know, the scales and the specific skills are going to change. The scales, obviously, you know, a 10 or a 9 in speed for a safety is uh, faster than a 9 in speed for a linebacker and so on and so forth. Um, Just to kind of refill, remind that a little bit. But other than that, I think that it'll be even easier after we start talking about these players that we've broken down. And something else to just kind of mention too is, you know, this is a top five. We have some honorable mentions, but we have seen plenty of guys that were in consideration for this list. I mean, honestly, if you kind of pay attention to our watch lists um, and who's in that senior class, that's like... That's like the widest possible bubble of guys that could have made it, potentially. um, As far as guys that have been on our radar for past years and whatnot. um, As well as guys that we just discovered through our season previews as well. So this is, honestly... First off, this is going to be our best set of top fives yet, I believe. Uh, Just each year will be better as we get more and more knowledge and watch more and more film. As well as just get more and more familiar with every team and program and whatnot. But I think that this one especially is going to be really really good just because of all the effort that we put into our season previews for every single program and getting a heads up on a lot of guys to keep a look at and then just throughout the year kind of narrowing that list down um it's just something to kind of think about from from our angle but uh coach v if i'm not missing anything and if you feel good about it i'd love to jump into our first candidate here because i think hearing about the rubrics firsthand is going to be the easiest way to understand them
1: yes but first things first today is november 19th 2022 Great reminder just wanted to go ahead and date that we're recording these beforehand because well shoot i want a break we want a break not just me but <laughs> i also want a break so just keep that in mind when we talk about a lot of these guys i mean most of the regular seat well all the regular seasons are over at this point Um, They're all either in the postseason or they've just been eliminated. We just had a set of games end today. And so when we talk about offers and outlook and stuff, just keep that in mind. All right. But uh, I mean, other than that, like Cody said, we've done a lot of research. We've been getting better at this. Uh, We've we also talked to coaches and other experts from around the state as well. So it's not just our, you know, own confidence and hubris going into this thing.
0: Shout out the uh, burner that uh dm does this week that said that we don't talk to anybody apparently that yeah was news to me
1: no if we care about you as a player we'll talk and see uh you know we'll, we'll get multiple perspectives but anyways let's go ahead and just hop into this thing man let's talk some football here good old film breakdowns cody who's our number five middle linebacker here in the state of colorado in the class of 2023
0: Here at number five is from one of the 4A programs that had a really solid year this year, and that is Ponderosa's very own Cape Olsen, the six-foot, 210-pound, very true middle linebacker here, and let's just go ahead and dive into my breakdown here. I'm going to talk through all of these categories and then highlight the ones that I think are the strongest and maybe some of the ones that I think need the most improvement and then I'm going to pass it on to Coach V and then we're going to have a little bit of a dialogue about it but so with Cape Olsen just kind of running down the list here um, we'll start with his coverage ability he doesn't show a whole lot of looks slash isn't asked to do a whole lot in coverage in a few instances of zone and man coverage he showed the ability to do so I wouldn't necessarily say at the highest level uh, so for man coverage ability especially because that one is shown a lot less I have a 5.4 in there and for zone coverage ability that actually took a step up today as of November 19th uh, unfortunately Capes season and Ponderosa's season did end today but he did still impress in glimpses of zone coverage and whatnot against Blake Barnett um, one of the more talented athletes in the state of Colorado and a very explosive eerie offense. You know, he had his chances to show his thing in zone coverage. So I bumped him up a few points even today uh, after watching another game, moving into kind of trying to pair things together here or triplet things together here. As far as like height and frame, you know, six foot 210, obviously prefer him to probably be a little bit heavier, um, but solid enough size. So I give him an 8.5 here and then tackling and hit power here. So I have his tackling at an 8.4. I think that he has very solid and consistent tackling here. I think that he wraps around the hips very, very often. I think that he stays low, that he drives really well, uh, and he tackles through players, very importantly, uh, just for some quick notes on that. And then hit power, he does pop some people sometimes. I will say that, you know, sometimes he will just lower a shoulder into somebody But, you know, a pop is a pop at the end of the day. If it makes someone hesitant to get up, then, well, that's hip power, uh, more or less. But going into some more of the athletic side of things, some of the more finesse side of things, I'd say. As far as top end speed and agility slash hip fluidity, he's not the fastest or smoothest athlete. But I do think what he is asked to do, he's very capable of doing so. For top end speed, I have it rated out of 6.9. I think that he can move across the field and he does show uh, the ability to catch up to ball carriers as well. Taking good angles and showing good acceleration for that top end speed. As well as, you know, whenever he does penetrate into the backfield. Um, and showing that burst to, you know, catch running backs on tosses if he's blitzing or anything like that. He is capable of doing that. I just definitely would not have him line up against a slot receiver running a go route i just don't think that would work too well um agility slash hip fluidity uh, he moves pretty well sideline to sideline i'd say but um his hips can struggle to open sometimes so that's something to just kind of keep in mind um heading towards the bottom part of this list here uh, pass rush skills and block shedding ability. These are two very different things to me. As far as pass rush skills go, he he's at a 6.8. He can get in the backfield. He does get to the quarterback pretty constantly. Um, but I wouldn't say that he necessarily has a bag. His block shitting ability whenever linemen do try and go to the second level to get him, it is very hard. Uh, he's just very instinctive, and you know, he's looking through those linemen to make plays in the backfield. So, his block shitting ability is at an 8.2 just because he did de- he can get his hands up, he can evade linemen very easily, and that's why he's one of the best run defenders on this entire list. Actually, out of everyone in our top five, I have him rated as the second best run defend ability category here at a 9.2 here making for an overall of 73.6 his three strongest things I think that you know he's an awesome run defending linebacker and he has really good strength he has a solid bull rush so that's another part of that block shedding ability he could just push linemen into the running backs lap and there's plays where he tackles the running back with a lineman in one of his arms too so you know very powerful athlete very smart athlete who recognizes plays pretty well uh consistent tackler he's got you know nice instincts with his hands and you know he can also utilize his footwork and body control to kind of get skinny and fill lanes um but I would say improvement wise he's definitely I would definitely prefer him to work on you know his agility a little bit um his footwork can can get a little clumpled up Sometimes, And then as far as coverage ability, just need to see more coverage. And I think that part of that is tied in with agility slash hip fluidity. You don't want someone very stiff uh, trying to keep up in man coverage, especially if you have guys running whip routes or anything like that. That's going to be very hard for a linebacker to counter of, you know, Cape's build and skill set. So I'd say just working on being a bit more agile and that may open up some more doors here for Cape. Uh, coach V you have your own rubric on Cape here. So why don't I pass it over to you to kind of do your rundown and then let's discuss.
1: Yeah. Let me just start with uh, the grades for each category. So man coverage gave him a five zone coverage, gave him a six, uh hit power, gave him a 7.7 there top end speed, 7.6 agility, hip fluidity, 8.8 height frame. That's an 8.5 for me there tackling i gave him a nine pass rush skills of five block shedding ability 8.3 run defend ability a nine for a total overall of 74.9 almost 75 i've been kind of tweaking this grade but it's not going to change within um i mean you know like anything crazy like a three or four point swing here at all more like a one point swing either way if anything but yeah i mean look with cape olsen my top Three highest rated grades out uh, of nine is run defend ability, tackling, and I believe it is, I think this is hit fluidity here. Yup, at 8.8. Uh, look, you know, Cape Olsen's game here, he's a run stopper. That's what he is. He's going to stop the run. He he knows uh, what angles he's got to take. You know, he sees things in motion uh, between blocking schemes and guards pullings and stuff. I know he sees it because he avoids, you know, if anything, those, those uh, you know, those big old linemen that are swinging over or, you know, shifting over and, and blocking downwards and stuff like that. He has a good, uh, I guess, IQ when it comes to stopping the run there. And, you know, he knows his strengths as well. You know, he's a slippery linebacker that could get past an outrun uh off most offensive linemen and go make a play you know and he's gonna stop the run that's his bread and butter right there he does a really good job at doing that i'm a little bit higher on his sideline to sideline speed i've seen him close up pretty well you know it could still use some work for sure but i think an 8.8 is pretty appropriate there Uh, maybe a little bit lower but i think he's uh, around a three-star Four-star type of level there when it comes to to sideline-to-sideline agility, hit fluidity uh, movement there. Uh, I don't think he's the type of guy to ever get really juked out, you know, unless he's just in his own head. And so there you go. I mean, just a very good tackler, fundamentally sound. He's going to stop the run. So those are his top three categories there, Um, graded categories there, at least for me. Now, his lowest categories is uh pass rush skills which I gave him a five at man coverage ability which I gave him a five at and zone coverage ability which I gave him a six at let's start with pass rush skills wasn't really called to you know pass rush the quarterback at all if anything he's on a middle linebacker blitzes and I would say probably 80 to 90 percent of the time he's untouched as in you know the lineman on the other side has made a mistake and forgot to pick him up you know and if he is picked up You know, he kind of just has to run through them because it's a blitz, and so they're overloading the line anyways, and so he doesn't really have to put up his hands or do anything crazy. He just got to run through somebody or around somebody, and that's not super hard to do there. When it comes to pass rushing skills, the way I'm looking at it is like, okay, you know, if I rush you off the edge, are you going to be able to beat a left tackle or right tackle? Just straight up, are you going to be able to get upfield and get into the backfield? Uh, And I just quite haven't been able to see that. You know, Ponderosa didn't really use him that way. And so that's kind of putting him at more of a disadvantage there. Which is why his pass rush skills are a little bit low here at a 5. That's still about average though. I think they could be developed. You know, his block shedding ability is good enough. I gave him an 8.3 there. And I think it's there because, you know, his hands are relatively fast. He could hand fight a little bit. And so I think transferring those block shedding skills to pass rushing could definitely help bridge some of that there and make him better on the next level so there you go now talking about pass coverage i mean just didn't see a lot of that like yeah he'll play a zone but to be honest with you if you're playing middle linebacker and you're in a zone you're usually in a middle zone That's pretty much it. You're like just standing in the middle of the field. That's not super hard to do. The harder thing to do when it comes to playing middle linebacker and being in zone coverage is redirecting other athletes around you uh, and, you know, like handing off receivers and knowing which receivers that you got to go with and which ones you got to hand off and being able to communicate with your team. Now, with Ponderosa and Cape, that wasn't really his role to do that to be honest with you. Now, can you teach him to do that? Yes. That's why I gave him a six. I think that's a very redeemable. Now, in man coverage, would I feel comfortable putting a man-to-man with a running back, tight end, or a slot receiver? Answer's no. <laughs> Just straight up. I think I, you'd be putting him at a little bit of a disadvantage. I don't think he really has the top-end speed to do that. Agility-wise, you know, he'll be able to hold up okay and eventually make the tackle. But I probably would not put him into man-to-man situations, at least compared to other linebackers on this list. So there you go. Cody, we had very similar grades here. Um, I mean, is is what we've said or is what I've said accurate so far? I mean, Cape Olson, he's a run-stopping linebacker. That's what you're going to get out of him, but you got to develop other areas. Is that accurate to say right now?
0: Absolutely, and I think that, you know, It's good. You would be very happy to have a run stopping linebacker like Cape. And I feel like he really does play that role of that heart of the defense. Anytime that the ball is handed off, he's going to be around the tackle no matter what. Um, this, This Ponderosa defense did not allow a lot of big run plays throughout this season. And when they did face teams that, you know, were known for running the ball pretty well, they clamped down pretty good. Um, and I even witnessed it in the playoff game today that they're trying to throw two guys at Cape, you know, whenever they were trying to run the ball or they were trying to, uh, you know, run like the opposite direction of where it was. And they like, I could tell Erie was scheming to try and make Cape not as, you know, much of a threat in this game. And so if somebody's scheming against you, that is, you know, something to be proud of and something that is a testament to the type of player that you're getting in Cape Olsen. Um, absolutely a beast. And I like, you know, that that slippery description, you know, he he'll sneak in to those lanes uh, that linemen potentially leave. And, you know, where he is, a lot of other linebackers will kind of wall off a lane and then just kind of chase you into your bounce out or, you know, whatever. Wait for somebody to force a running back to cut back into you. Uh, Cape, he just goes and gets it himself, which is something that, you know, makes him aggressive and something that you would want. In the heart of your defense, absolutely. And then I would have to agree that we just haven't seen a lot of the looks for pass coverage here. I'd say that a lot of the time in the past, he has the liberty of kind of spying the QB and then taking off if he needs to, in which case he has made plays doing that, but that's not necessarily the same as, as playing a whole ton of zone. Um, but when he is asked to play zone, it's okay just not a lot of crazy plays, you know, looking at, you know, his overall performance. And I mean, he didn't even record an interception this year. So if that doesn't tell you uh, what he's asked of in pass coverage or the lack, like the lack of playmaking in pass coverage is a reason for these categories to kind of be where they're at, in my opinion. And it's not from people not throwing at him, by the way. I just want to put that out there
1: yeah nah they're for sure throwing at him (laughs) and i mean you know he's there to make plays and make the tackle and all that great stuff he does his job i mean he's a real rangy type of player that you kind of just got to let loose if you just tell him hey here are some basic assignments to look at go play fast keep it simple he's gonna do a really good job at that i like that you brought up the quarterback spy part because i forgot to bring that up uh he's a pretty good quarterback spy as well You know, real decisive there. He's not going to allow a quarterback to run for a million yards on you. You know, so like I said, just like we've been saying, a very good run defending linebacker. But, you know, when it does come to these other categories here, he's got to become a little bit more versatile. You know, he's just got to become a little bit more versatile. Uh, if we want to talk schematically, you know, in a 3-4, he would probably only have to play lineback, middle linebacker. That, that's probably the only spot he can play middle linebacker. You can't really put him on the edge because he can't pass rush yet. And then if you put him in a 4-3, uh, he could only play middle linebacker, not really any of the outside ones because he can't cover as well. And so, you know, if you're a cape here, you want to expand your opportunities to get on the field on the next level and by doing that you got to work on pass coverage you know this is a passing game that's basics there Uh, and then or either that or pass rushing skills maybe even and as well because it is a passing game you know either way you got to contribute to the passing game in some way right cody
0: absolutely and i mean you could look at his room for improvement as far as a pass rusher in his like hurries to sacks ratio because i mean he only recorded one more sack than he did last year but he did have a bunch of hurries but that is the majority of the time from the quarterback spy when he takes off and he forces a quicker throw right which i mean the quarterback still has a chance to complete that pass right and, you know, from there, anything's possible. Whereas, you know, if he's somebody that you can run some more stunts with or somebody that you can put on the edge to kind of blitz like that instead of like majority delayed blitzes or planned blitzes to a specific gap, I think that that just makes him more dangerous um as a player. But it's one of those things where it's like, I just don't know if that speed rush off the edge is in his skill set. He doesn't, like I mentioned in my analysis of him, he doesn't really have a. Bag so much as, you know, his footwork can get him by linemen. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I think, I really think that there's a lot of upside for him as far as being a hand fighter and having a rip and a swim move and stuff like that. Um, I do think that he's very capable of it. It's just not currently a tool in his tool belt um, at the capacity that it needs to be for the next level. And so with these things in mind, um, so Coach V, overall, audience and coach v involved we have cape as a average of coach v's and i's scores at a 74.25 what does that kind of mean to you for what his role is or what his outlook is as a next level player
1: so for me the outlook for cape i kind of see him more as a d2 guy maybe fcs level project type of player you know that's kind of where i see him at you know he is somebody that you know he does a lot of the basics right at middle linebacker you know if you keep things simple he could go into a game and do a good job and make plays uh against the run that's what he's gonna do right but because he doesn't have maybe some of the best pass rushing skills coverage is a little i i don't know I mean, that's something you're going to have to develop when you get a guy like Cape Olson, That kind of leads him to be more of a D2 type of guy, you know. And he's just somebody that's going to need to get developed, you know. Uh, I think for him, he's not somebody that's going to start day one or even year two, you know. He's somebody that hopefully you could get a good two years out of him and you could be really happy with that. You know, uh, because he has a lot of tools and a lot of skills here that I look at personally and I'm like, you know what, it could be a lot worse. (laughs) And you know what, in high school he was super productive too. So even if he gives us, the team, the program half of what he did in high school, I could be really happy with that and be happy giving him a full ride or, you know, close to a full ride with that and honestly as long as your college is paid for that's what matters right and so that's kind of how i see him as uh, as a prospect you know he is a linebacker that has a lot of good skills uh and a lot of potential here but you're gonna have to develop him as a you know as a cover guy and maybe as a pass rush guy depending on you know what you run what scheme you run uh as a college coach and so that's just kind of how i see him probably a d2 guy here uh, most if he doesn't want to go d2 he could always go juco too and potentially reach the fcs level as well or a high level d2 but that's kind of where i see cape Olson cody is that fair to say
0: absolutely uh well i think that first off this is a little bit of a sidetrack here but cape get rid of all of the slow motion in your film only use the circle highlight for your film scouts aren't going to want to look for you and they got their time is very precious they're looking at thousands of players all the time so get rid of the slow motion Put your best plays at the front remake your film from your senior year and i think that a lot of these visits that you've been on uh could potentially turn into offers because that's kind of what he's being what he's been looked at or, or, what he's gotten interest from Coach V is the D2 level. I have some of his offers right here, or not offers, but visits. You know, he's visited CSU Pueblo. He's attended a West Texas AM camp that he was invited to. He has, you know, some interest from Black Hills State, Chadron, Emporia State. So, you know, you, you look at your assessment of it, D2 player. You look at our grade, even, you know, a 74.25, that's like a a fringe two-star kind of guy basically like you could make an argument that he's a two-star kind of guy and so I think that that lines up very nicely with your description and your projection for the d2 level obviously you know if he does address some of these things there is that fcs upside for sure but I mean look you're a very very solid football player very run solid football player definitely Um, And I know that, you know, here in Colorado, uh, a lot of the teams run the ball very effectively on the D2 level as far as, you know, not only D2 teams in Colorado, but in the RMAC in general. So you have that kind of going for you that your strength plays well into where you're going into and combining that with, you know, a solid 3-5-2 GPA. I think that that checks out very good for an opportunity to get through school relatively stress-free fiscally uh with all these tools combined um so yeah i just have to echo what you're saying and uh kind of go through that rundown honestly cape also could be another one of those you know thunder wolves here for csu csu pueblo does such a great job recruiting in state and uh you know taking guys like cape and turning them into contributors big time for like junior and senior years as they compete for the armac basically year in and year out um against a lot of these teams
1: Yeah, absolutely. I could definitely see him as somebody who could lead a next-level program in tackles eventually. Uh, I'm pretty confident in saying that. Like I said, run IQ, uh, run defend IQ, and just, you know, his IQ in general when it comes to stopping the run and on the defensive side of the football is pretty high. You know, I've seen him just watching through his film, seeing him play live. Like, I, I could literally see him like dissecting a play and knowing where guys are gonna be at you know and so i'm pretty high on that i think athletically he's more than capable of playing on the next level it's not like oh he's too slow he's too weak. like no you know he's probably one off season away from being about the same level as most d1 d2 guys to be honest with you so there you go there uh athletically that's not an issue at all for me I'm more looking at the skill side, which I feel like is more, maybe a little bit easier to get done because there are some goals there that are, are a little bit more physical, I guess. I don't know. That's just me. But there you go. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much more to say about Cape Olson. I think he's a heck of a linebacker. One of the top linebackers in the state for a reason. One of the top in, on the 4A level. Uh, And, you know, the 4A level, there's a lot of different offenses you're going to face, a lot of different types, you know, from the wing tees of Montrose to like multiple looks from a Dakota Ridge type of squad. Know what I mean? So there you go there. Uh, Cody, is there anything else you want to add on here before we move on to our number four guy here?
0: I think that we could talk about our number four 2023 linebacker.
1: Alright, and so here in the class of 2023, the number four senior middle linebacker is Zach Lewis out of Fairview. 6'1", 220 pounds here. Um, he plays both sides, by the way, and he's been doing this for a couple years. You no, know, last year he played running back and linebacker as well as this year. Not sure about past that, but I mean, this kid's a an athlete you know at middle linebacker and he's pretty big too you know uh 6'1 220 I could definitely believe that he might even be a little bit heavier too which is very good but let me just go down the line with my grades here and uh we'll talk about it but man coverage ability gave him a 6.5 a zone coverage 7.7 hit power 7.7 top end speed 8.5 agility hip fluidity same thing uh as top and speed 8.5 height frame gave him 8.8 uh by the way you know 8.8 that's like three star maybe even four star when it comes to height frame i think there's a lot of linebackers at his frame uh and he moves just as well as some of those guys so that's a big plus there tackling 8.5 pass rush skill 6.5 block shedding ability 8.2 and then i gave him a 9 for his run defendability for an overall grade of 79.9 here so let me go ahead and highlight some of the good things about zach lewis so his highest grades are a 9 for run defendability a 8.8 for height and frame and then we have a tie here 8.5 for tackling top end speed and agility slash hip fluidity here so the thing with zach lewis for me uh just looking at those top categories i mean he's somebody that's just a very very good athlete you look at some of his running back film and you could see the wiggle there you could see the top end speed you could see all of it i mean he's a good athlete at middle linebacker and at 6'1 220 i mean he works with that frame very well he moves very well he looks like a next level guy just watching him run around at that height and weight which i could definitely confirm that he is at so love to see that and just like cape olsen here i think he is very good against the run i mean he is super athletic he uses that to his advantage to take advantage of you know slower offensive linemen uh blockers who aren't as great indecisive running backs i think that's another thing I think that's another thing that he just does a really good job at, you know, just like making indecisive running backs like pay for all of that, and he just does a really good job. I mean, just a very good athlete, and those are all the things going for Zach Lewis there. Now, his lower grades here, I got a 6.5 in man coverage ability, Uh, same thing with pass rushing skills, and... Yeah, I think those are his two lowest. I mean 7.7 is the next low or sorry 8.2 is the next or just kidding. My bad. I can't count. You're I am right. 7.7 is the next lowest grade here. So I'm just gonna talk about these 6.5 grades and man coverage and pass rushing skills here. Uh man coverage ability, I think he could do it. Just didn't see him do it a lot. I think that's just a schematic thing for fairview. Didn't really ask him to go into man a ton. At least that I saw the couple games I watched him play him uh, play in live. And then, you know, the film I've looked at. And then, uh, obviously, some of the games I've rewatched on NFHS. Uh, if anything, he's used more in zone, which is fine. You know, but man coverage, just not too much. Now, athletically, I think I would not mind putting him man-to-man with a running back. I think athletically he could figure it out <laughs> that's just where he's at you know but i think skill wise and technique wise he could definitely use a little bit more work there Pass rushing skills i mean they'll put him on blitzes and stuff like that he'll be uh you know quarterback spy and all of that great stuff but they didn't really rush him off the edge is that his fault no Which is why, you know, my default grade if I don't see something is usually a 6. I bumped him up just above that at a 6.5 because he is athletic enough to probably pass rush off the edge if he really wanted to. But you're going to kind of have to develop that skill there. You know, can he do it? Yes, I think he can. It's just going to take some time teaching him and getting him used to doing that on the next level so uh there you go those are my grades there cody go ahead and talk about your grades your top three grades and then your bottom three grades for zach lewis and then we'll discuss some more after that
0: yeah so just kind of to sprint through these categories here for man coverage ability i have 7.1 zone coverage ability i have 5.7 hit power i have 6.8 top end speed 8.2 this is agility slash hip fluidity 6.7 height slash frame 8.8 so same as coach v there uh, tackling 7.4 pass rush skills 6.2 block shedding ability 6.9 and run defend ability 9.1 so talking about the things that he does best here obviously in the run and with the combination of his speed here he's just such a force to to deal with in the run game he fills lanes so fast and he's just so explosive on his first step and you know even linemen who may get out of their stance first they'll still lose to Zach Lewis uh, just because of how quickly he can accelerate and how fast his top acceleration is makes him very very it makes him a problem to block honestly and that alone makes him one of the best linebackers in the state And then, oddly enough, one of the things that I have rated higher, even though it's one of my qualms with him, is his tackling ability. I have his tackling rated at a 7.4, and while this is his third highest rated thing outside of height and frame, I don't really talk about that too much unless it kind of plays a role, but for all these linebackers, they're basically the same size. I digress. But his tackling ability, the thing is, he gets a lot of tackles. There's no disputing this whatsoever he's a beast and you know his numbers reflect that 110,000 percent I mean just this last year he recorded 120 total tackles so you know he can he can wrap up he can bring guys down but it's not always pretty I recognize that the game of football is not a pretty one but a lot of the time he comes in super high and a lot of the time he's like drag he's clinging on to jerseys and he's kind of swinging around with jerseys and stuff i think that he needs to explode through people's hips a lot more and tackle through people and so that kind of transitions into areas of improvement for me um look his agility slash hip fluidity i don't think that i think that sometimes his hips can be a little clunky And his shoulders kind of end up ahead of his legs. And this makes him a little bit unbalanced. And I think that plays a role into why he tackles so high. Or how he ends up gripping people's jerseys so much. Uh, Pass rush skills. This is kind of building off of what Coach V said. He's not asked to do it a whole lot. And when he is asked to do it, it's mainly blitzes. Where he shoots the gap really well. Which is what scores him here. But I'm not going to dive too much into that. Because I don't think it matters as much. As his zone coverage ability that I had problems with. Uh, look, I got to see him live as well as, you know, watching his film and whatnot. And he's just really undisciplined when playing zone from what I could see. Uh, he'll wander into zones that aren't his. If you know, he's trying to follow one receiver or he'll stray off and then leave a guy open who gets a big gain. And you know, this is, this is something that I even got to witness a little bit in that Chatfield game too, uh, where they were able to pass over the middle very, very well And so thinking about what Zach Lewis's role would be in that situation, it would be to not allow those or to communicate better and pass those off a little bit. So I think that he just got to screw his head on a little bit tighter when in zone coverage. And, you know, Coach V, what do you think of Zach Lewis's, you know, my assessment of his pass coverage ability because that is one thing that we're just a little bit different on. This is actually the prospect for those who are keeping score at home that uh, we have the biggest gap on total wise because my total here for Zach Lewis is at a 72.9 as opposed to Coach V 79.9. Where do you think of the discrepancies? I mean, I could see your angles on this too and something that I think pertains to Zach Lewis's outlook when we start talking about his commitments or his offers I should say is thinking about how a while ago we broke down Blake Barnett and you're like yeah there's a lot of things that he could work on but he's such a great athlete that that basically adds a star and I think that's kind of where I'm at with Zach Lewis I don't know if I got a chance to explain that to you but his athleticism can bump him up you know that next set of digits to have him be a fringe three-star guy but I do think at bare minimum he's a two-star
1: Yeah, so I I think he's a great athlete as well. I think, like I said, he carries his weight well at his height and all that stuff. He's a pretty good athlete. And, you know, honestly, he could probably even go up 10, maybe even 15 more pounds and still be pretty good to serviceable on the next level. Like somebody you could absolutely play and he's not going to look out of shape at all. You know, and so that's kind of what I like a lot about Zach Lewis there as far as athleticism. Now, when it comes to zone, I... I've, i'm gonna go ahead and acknowledge that uh, i think it's just more inconsistency than inconsistent than anything with him uh when playing in zone coverage because there are times where he does an excellent job playing over the middle you know he passes off guys very well or he'll read the eyes of a quarterback very well and he'll go ahead and jump that or go deflect it make a play whatever you know uh and so i haven't seen too much of the bad uh for me the reason his zone coverage ability isn't higher is because, yes, you are right. There are definitely times where he does kind of get out of position. He'll float a little bit too close to the sideline, you know, trying to trying to bait a quarterback or something like that, which I get, obviously, you want to get an interception. But, you know, you have to stay disciplined and you have to uh, trust your teammates there as well. And I think on the next level, that's something that could easily be coached up. You know, just be like, hey, when you're in this situation, this is what you gotta do. You know, because we're trying to force this situation out of this offense. You know, when you're playing defense, it's like a game of chess. Well, playing both ways. You know, it's like a game of chess. But when you're on defense, you want to force in, you want to force the offense into uncomfortable situations. That means forcing the offense into third and long situations by not allowing you know pop shots over the middle and being there to make plays and getting incompletions to force like third and tens second and tens that type of stuff and so I think it's just inconsistency there um great athlete though you know so he does make up for it on this level more so than not at times but I think on the next level he's just gonna have to be a little bit sharper there which I'm not super worried about that's what coaches are for You know um, regardless he has the athletic ability to play on the next level and for me he has shown me enough where you know I could put him out there and he's not going to be the worst zone coverage guys because there are definitely some linebackers who are super athletic they have it all. But they can't read a quarterback size to save their life or, you know, they can't keep up with a guy or they have no hands bricks for hands, you know uh, And he definitely has some good hands, you know He has some soft hands there to catch uh, these footballs over the middle, but that that's just me That's where i'm coming from. Uh, I know we have a pretty big difference there, but I will acknowledge that uh, That's just inconsistencies more than anything I don't think he's bad at it because i've seen him do it right, you know in games, uh um, that's true. That's you know, true. not just the once life, but, you know, throughout multiple game films, I am able to get my hands on, you know, but it's just an, it's just a consistency thing. And that's a, that's a coaching. That's Yeah. That's more of a coaching issue there. If you ask me.
0: Well, I think the important thing to know on that is that it's fixable. It, it's, it's fixable because you're right. He does show flashes of great zone coverage. And I mean, Look, looking at Zach Lewis as a prospect and assessing all of the offers that he has, which we'll go over in a second, you gotta look at his big playability. Look, this is Playmakers Corner and Zach Lewis makes plays. His pick six against Rocky Mountain, which was kind of a close game, I'll say, you know, you know, to close the regular season and to seal league. Um, not the closest game, but a close-ish game. His pick six... On a quarterback trying to throw like a dump off pass and he just leaps into the air, brings it down and takes off. It's stuff like that, that gets you some serious looks. And I think is a great explanation to some of these offers that we're getting looks at here. Coach V, you mind if I read off, uh, you know, kind of his college interests and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, no, for sure. Go for it. By the way, he is here at four. This is a very stacked middle linebacker class this is probably the best we've ever gotten to evaluate uh to the date so there you go but go ahead and talk about his offers here
0: i i just want to absolutely agree because any other year zach lewis is easily a top two guy but i digress so so far we'll we'll kind of work our way up here so you know he's visited csu a couple of times on game day and he's he also visited rice university as well But then you start looking at, you know, some of these offers that he does have, some of these preferred walk-on offers that he has. You know, he has a preferred walk-on to CU, kind of makes sense, he's right in their own backyard, they get to see him regularly, Um, and, you know, Boulder guys staying in Boulder is always nice, especially, you know, hopefully with CU trying to turn the bus around here. But he also has a preferred walk-on to TCU, I think that's a very, very intriguing one to kind of keep an eye on, just because, I mean, you know... No disrespect. You know what? A little bit of disrespect to CU, honestly. TCU is a a program that actually wins games and games that matter, too. So, you know, they're.
1: Hold up, Cody. Hold up, Cody. TCU is about to win the Big 12, baby. Come on now.
0: So, so, yeah, well, I'm mostly throwing CU under the bus, but TCU is a legitimate program. They're a program that, you know, if you commit there, you're going to be on a ranked team at least half the time probably at least half the time and you're going to be contending for conference titles so i think that that's a big deal and then his offers uh at least on the d1 level from what i could find is to coastal carolina university of san diego as well as his most recent one has been to lindenwood he's a solid student as well out of 3.8 gpa coach v what do you make of these preferred walk-ons of these offers uh of these you know visits and stuff i mean It's a little frustrating, I think, as a Colorado native born and raised. I mean, look, you you feel the frustration for Colorado football kind of not being where it should be, at least on the collegiate level. Uh, But growing up and seeing these guys not get the opportunities on the next level, watching other D1 programs offer these guys or, you know, for me, Zach Lewis having preferred walk-on to TCU means that he should have an offer to see you. It's kind of where I'm at, but let me know if I'm reading too much into that.
1: Nah, so Zach Lewis for me is a three-star guy. I know I wrote down French two or three-star, but no, he, he's a three-star guy. You know, he's definitely somebody who has the athletic ability to play on the next level. and you know, if you redshirt him and develop him, I think he could be a good two years a really good two year starter you know for a lot of teams in the Power 5 uh, conferences here and uh look I love the idea of him going to TCU shout out my boy Jordan Hudson five star receiver from last year uh, out of Garland but man I I love the idea of him going to TCU I think he would be a great like just I guess prototypical like TCU middle linebacker for them because I feel like he's the type of guys they recruit all the time out there in Texas, you know? And so for him to have a PW, I definitely see it. Now, for CU, there's no excuses for them to not offer him a full ride. Uh, they should. CSU, I don't know why they haven't done anything. Northern Colorado, same deal. You know, as when I look at Zach Lewis, I look at somebody that could play on the group of five level, for sure, FCS level. I think he's a D1 linebacker. Just looking at his size, his athleticism, all the things he does really well. You know, the flashes of greatness in the passing game as well. There's enough there where I'm like, yeah, he's for sure a D1 guy. Um, is he Power 5? Like, you know, like, yeah, kind of. I think he's fringe there. I think for lower Power 5 programs, uh, especially a CU, he's somebody that they should for sure get. Uh, and whatnot to help build their squad that's kind of how i see it there but you know he's a power five group of five type of guy and i like these offers really like the coastal carolina offer i think that's a really underrated offer in my opinion and i know they're building something over there with a good offense they just need more defensive players i think If he was to go to Coastal Carolina, that'd be a really cool opportunity for him. Um, Assuming that's a full ride, obviously. And so, I think a lot of these offers and interests are on point. Uh, As always, it's the in-state colleges that are coming up short, though. And, you know, who knows? Maybe in a month, everything will change. And he will have full rides to all those plus more, you know. But, we will see, I guess uh is that fair to say though cody i I don't want to be overreaching i've met the guy and i think he's a really nice kid you know we've had conversations and whatnot Uh, i think he's a real nice kid he works hard he's a great student too which matters a lot don't have to worry about him off the field and i think he's somebody that would be a very quality addition to a lot of next level d1 programs but like i said i'm a little biased
0: no, I gotta agree, and uh, you know, even during this conversation, uh, I, I bumped up his his grade in you know a category here, uh, just just because you sold me on it with with your reasoning and explanation here. And I mean, we have him overall still here at four at a seventy six point eight uh, six five at this moment, and so like the thing about him being, I think, a bona fide two star guy, but with three star athleticism. You gotta love the upside, and if you believe in your position coach, which you should if you're a program because you're the one who hired them, then you gotta come get Zach Lewis because he's somebody who I think can really do it all. Uh, from an athletic perspective. And once you get him caught up, especially after a redshirt year, he's somebody who's going to be making plays for you. He's somebody who's going to be getting you pick sixes. He's somebody who's going to be getting scoop and scores. He's somebody who's going to be forcing fumbles. You know what I mean? Or he's going to be batting passes up in the air that the cornerbacks are going to make plays on. You know what I mean? So he's going to be... He will never be the weak spot of a defense that he's on on the next level. And I think that that is you know, a good selling point there as well as just the athletic upside. You got in love. So, um, yeah, Zach Lewis, D- he's a D one talent. He's a D one talent and a D one school is going to get him. And hopefully I, it's CU. Hopefully.
1: Yes. Well, hopefully whatever's best for Zach to be honest. Well, yeah, you. yeah. But, uh, I think it's also worth putting out there that he's very much a glue guy. This Fairview team has went through some pretty big changes especially at quarterback and that's obviously a big part of their identity out there but Zach Lewis has been a mainstay for this Fairview squad for a very long time and just seeing how he's handled himself you know how he's led this team and all that. I think he's an excellent glue guy and he can be that on the next level too, which is important because you're going to bring in a lot of different personalities, a lot of different dudes, you know, from a lot of different places. I think Zach Lewis is the type of leader to go out there and make it work with a lot of defenses because he is a glue guy type of player. You know, that's how highly I think of him. Um, Like I said, love the kid. Great athleticism. uh, Great linebacker. You don't even need a great linebacker coach to get the most out of him. I think uh, Zach here is pretty smart enough to figure out some of these things on his own from observing and, you know, working at it, too, because he has a great work ethic. So there you go. He's at number four here. Uh, for us because that's how we average that out it's the average grade between myself and cody for me i think he's my third uh rated linebacker the other guy is uh less than a point behind him so there you go there but uh cody do you want to go ahead and talk about the other guy the uh third middle linebacker on this list
0: number three of 2023 at the linebacker spot is none other than three four of the pine creek defense brett alvey the absolute ox from southern colorado here look i'm just i'm gonna run through his list here uh, i'm building him up just to read out his first category being graded a little low here but just stick with me for man coverage ability i have a three, nine. for zone coverage i have a five six for hit power i have an 8.7 see that's starting to wake you guys up and uh boy he'd let you know with his shoulder if you weren't awake uh top end speed at a 6.3 height slash frame at a 9 agility slash hip fluidity at a 6.8 tackling at an 8.6 pass rush skills at an 8.9 block shedding ability at an 8.4 and run defendability at an 8.8 making for an overall 75 here Another one of those linebackers where, you know what, I'll just go ahead and start with some areas of improvement on this one, actually, because I have plenty to rave about with Brett Alvey, but, you know, he is very rarely, if ever, asked to drop back in coverage, which isn't great, especially just because I don't think that his mobility or speed matches up very well for trying to play a tight end downfield or oh goodness i could not imagine him on a slot receiver for an entire game against like a spread offense that would be kind of a nightmare situation But it's not one that Pine Creek really ever has to put him in because they they have a very talented secondary there. So I'll give him that. And then zone coverage wise, there is, you know, a couple of plays throughout his film. And it's not like he's atrocious at zone coverage per se, but he just doesn't quite make a ton of plays there. And he's somebody where he will just speed wise not match up well against maybe some more intricate routes over the middle. Uh, Like in and ups or anything like that chair routes may be difficult for him if the safety is preoccupied in like a cover two kind of stance. That is something that I don't think he would fare very well against, Um, you know, like spot and fade routes, stuff like that, uh, I think would throw him for a bit of a loop here. And then lastly, you know, his top end speed and hip fluidity. I kind of hinted at it a little bit. And you'll see a pattern here where, you know, if hip fluidity and speed aren't great, then coverage probably isn't the best. Um, There's exceptions to every rule, of course. But, you know, for this one, he's just not the fastest guy. Granted, he does have to lug around 230 pounds, which does make him the heaviest linebacker on this list, which, you know, makes his frame very, very solid and stout but uh you know he just doesn't move super fast and his hips he is very very good at remaining square to the ball or to the line of scrimmage but when it comes to twisting and turning and you know move opening up the hips to accelerate it that still needs some work i think but enough ragging on him but to sell you on brett alvey this is a physical force in the middle of who can pass rush with a bag here. Look, his bull rush as a three-time USA powerlifting Nationals qualifier He he, that's why I call him the ox here because he can just put linemen in running backs laps in quarterbacks laps He can take two linemen with him and carry them to the bus and toss them on and buckle their seatbelts And he's just so freaking powerful, but don't let you know his strength his strength opens up other doors is what I should say He's not a one-trick ox here He's somebody who does have a very very imposing rip move he's somebody who's led you know landed a swim move a few times on linemen that are just so they're shaking in their boots from the idea of just getting put on their back or on their butt here that he's able to rip off a swim move and you know i think that he has like one or two uh low-key spin moves it's not a go-to they're not the fastest moves but they are very very effective and so you know when it lands it lands and that's important And not only can he get into the backfield with, you know, those pass rush skills, but once he's there, he's going to put a hurting on somebody and he's going to tackle, you know, sometimes he does tackle just a hair high, but for the most part, very sound tackler and somebody who will tackle through somebody. Absolutely. There's instances where I'm like, oh my gosh, his helmet is going to go through you know, that person's like midsection along with the rest of his shoulder and his arm when he's wrapped up. He just, he has just enough acceleration, power, and force to really lay a hurting on somebody. And there's plenty of players in this state who've been leveled by Brett Alvey and are slow to get up. Call them eyewitness accounts or whatever you want to call it. And then, you know, his run defendability, he fills lanes very, very well. One play in particular that jumped out to me, I believe it was in his Fountain Fork Carson film, is this running back gets a handoff. It looks like it's supposed to go to like the four hole, I want to say between the guard and the tackle, and he's waiting there. And the running back tries to bounce it outside. And Alvy's, you know, lateral shuffle across the formation just follows the running back the whole time until the running back finally figures out, okay, well, I'm just going to have to go upfield and see what happens. And he he messed around and found out because Alvy put him right in the dirt at the line of scrimmage uh, after, you know, scaring him like, a, like some kind of like horror movie stalker here that just... You know, he's like trying to run away. There's nowhere to go. He tries to confront him and he loses. And that's the story for most ball carriers that run into the brick wall that is Brett Alvey. You're going to lose it. If you try to put your shoulder down, what are you doing? And yeah, that's kind of my synopsis on Brett Alvey here. Coach V, let's go ahead and hear your rubric and highs and lows here.
1: Yes, I have had the privilege. Of watching plenty of Brett Alvey. Um, Jeez, man. These last two years has really been special, man. I've been able to watch four of his games live. One of them was a playoff game, which was really special. He actually had a very key play in that game, which I'm going to talk about after I go through all these grades. So, let me go ahead and go at it here. Uh, So, man coverage ability. uh, Man coverage ability, I gave him a 5. Zone coverage ability, 7.7. Hit power, 8.6. I kind of just upped it just then. Uh, top end speed, 7.7. Agility, hit fluidity, 7.6. Height frame, 8.9 here. Um, listed at 61230. 230. He might even be heavier uh, and bigger than that, you know. Uh, he is definitely built like a 4-star guy. Closer to a 4-star than a 3-star, in my opinion. Tackling, 9. Pass rush skills, 8 block shedding ability 8.4 run defend ability 8.1 uh got him rated out at a 79 uh zach lewis who is rated behind him at least on this list uh is rated just barely a point higher than brett here but let me go ahead and talk about the things that make brett great here starting with his top rated categories uh his highest grade here is a nine at tackling look Cody, you're right. He does tackle a little bit high, but that doesn't happen super often. He is a very consistent tackler, very good tackler, you know, and when he gets his arms and hands on you, they basically turn into titanium because they just weigh you down so hard if he's tackling you from behind. And, you know, if he's coming from the front, you know, he's going to pop you pretty hard here. Like there are some hits that are just brutal. Like, the initial contact is nasty, which is why I got his hit power at an 8.6. That's why it's so high there. But something that really impresses me is his block shedding ability here. He does have a little bit of a bag here, which does affect his pass rushing skills. Because he can pass rush off the edge. But a lot of that, you know, you can see here in his block shedding ability. Look, when linemen get their hands on him, that is not a guaranteed block. Because he has shown that he can manhandle some big boy guards. And you know Pine Creek they played on the 5A and 4A level now. And even then last year they played 5A competition. So it's not like he's throwing around 200 pound dudes. He is throwing around 280 pound guards. And I have seen him do it. You know, and so you got to have some sort of powerful hands and just overall power to be able to do that. Plus, he is fast enough and precise enough with some of his hand fighting skills to go ahead and make sure they don't get hands on him. And so he just does such a good job block shedding. He has multiple ways of beating blocks, and that is also shown when he is pass rushing as well. And that is something I really love, especially from the power perspective here. You know, um, it's not every day you see that. But he has some excellent power moves that I absolutely love to see. Now, some of the things that he can definitely work on here. Uh, uh, I got man coverage skills or man coverage ability at a 5. And then agility, hit fluidity at a 7.6 here. So... In zone, he's actually, or sorry, in zone, yeah, he is actually pretty solid. He communicates really well. There aren't a lot of like miscommunications over that. I think he's good enough to be a next level zone player there, so there's no problem there. But his lack of just like sideline to sideline speed and agility slash hit fluidity really hurts his man coverage ability because he's just a little bit too clunky here i mean he could still loosen up and stuff and improve on that going into you know his college years but as of right now he's just a little bit too clunky watching him like chase down a running back that is on a stretch play on an outside zone is sometimes a little hard to watch because he does take a bit of time to get there that could be improved though You know, that's just athletic ability. So, not super concerned about that. But it's definitely, like, I would say a sore part of his overall, uh, I guess, ability as a football player. That's sideline to sideline speed. And that definitely affects his man coverage ability. Because there are times where he is asked to go ahead and just cover somebody man to man. And he just doesn't hold up super well. Because he's not that... Not as good an athlete as some of the other guys on this list uh, above him and below him. And that's fine. I mean, Pine Creek asks him to do a lot of things in a bunch of different situations here. Uh, I think the biggest thing is that he's great against the run. And he's somebody that you could definitely pass rush. You know, those are two very important things that he does very well. And uh, a play, a memory that I want to highlight here is a playoff game against loveland last year i believe i want to say it was the quarterfinals uh it was coming down to the last play here loveland they were driving pine creek's quarterback was out so you couldn't really rely on the offense to get you another touchdown it was do or die either get a stop or you're going home is uh what it was going to be you know at this point point. and so here we go fourth down on the five yard line inside the 10 loveland a team known for running the football doing it well winning a state championship while doing it went ahead ran a sweep to the left side and i will always remember this brett alvey fills that perfectly pops the running back stands him up the rest of the pine creek defense rallies around brett alvey as they go ahead and get a goal line stop on fourth down to win and move on to the next round of the playoffs and have a chance to go to state here and that was all brett alvey there just being stronger just being better built better than the guy in front of him and you know hey sometimes you know you just gotta make a football play and to win a game you don't gotta get fancy you don't gotta scheme anything fancy you just gotta make a football play brett alvey made a football play to send pine creek to the next round there and he continues to do that going into uh this last season his senior season as well and has been doing that now at the time of recording this pine creek they've moved on to the next round uh going to the semis this time on the 5a level we'll see what happens You know for all we know they could win state which would be wild but you know Brett Alvey would definitely be a big part of that as you know he is the heart and soul of this Pine Creek defense that has been so strong and has historically been strong but he is just the next guy up to uphold that tradition over at Pine Creek and you know just a fantastic player like you said Cody an absolute ox there. Alright, now let's let's discuss some of these things here. So, Brett Alvey, maybe not the greatest cover guy, but definitely somebody that you could pass rush a little bit. If you're a next level coach, you look at this guy, Brett Alvey, and you're like, alright, 6'1", 230, you know, can I put him on the edge? In my opinion, the answer is yes, you can. Uh, you know, he's he is a little bit shorter at 6'1", one. But he's a very powerful edge rusher. You know, I think his power will hold up very well on the next level. And as he puts on more weight, approaches 240, 250. He could be even more dangerous. Cody, is that fair to say there? Um, I mean, you know, his coverage ability might not be the best, but he makes up for it as a pass rusher.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, just the... Edge that he brings to your defense makes him absolutely dangerous. um And look at that Brett Alvey and just—I mean—you think of these quintessential moments that he has of you know clutching a you know playoff game. That is that is important when looking at Brett Alvey's impact as a player for a defense that. Okay, are you going to put him one-on-one with a tight end? Ooh, I probably wouldn't. But are you going to put him one-on-one with any linebacker or I mean with any running back in your conference? Probably. I I'm pretty confident in that. If a running back needs a yard and Brett Alvey's in between that running back and that yard, I like my odds. I really like my odds. And then as far as quarterbacks, this is somebody who you do not want running at you and he's been shown to chase them down in the backfield too you know what I mean like he's a very smart pass rusher not only is he somebody who has a variety of ways to get into the backfield whether it's through blitzes through the middle whether it's through absolutely handling guards and centers or whether it's through blitzing off the edge and beating tackles you know with any of his moves there he just has so many ways that he can beat you and I think one of his best plays from his past year that exemplifies that is he did get an opportunity to go against Valor Christian and the Valor quarterback rolls out left and it's Brett Alvey versus Tanner Morley, which if you don't know, I mean, just stay tuned for our top five, you know, segment. But uh, Tanner Morley here, three-star commit to CSU, six foot five, 305 pounds. He has Brett Alvey beat in weight. He has Brett Alvey pretty marginally beat in wingspan and in reach but Alvi just tightens up those shoulders locks those elbows and just drives through tanner morley to sack the quarterback that's I i can't give you a better example off of just the edge and the strength that he has in pass rushing than that, honestly, because, I mean, Morley has the advantage. He has Alvy walled off, and Alvi just is like, nah, dude, <laughs> I'm getting to that quarterback. So, you know, I think that that's a great example, and there's a dozen other examples. I mean, he gets to the quarterback all the time, and the way that he fills lanes on a running level, I mean, he's just somebody who has that much of an edge, and he's so... Useful as a run stopper and a pass rusher that honestly, even with his man coverage ability for me rated at a 3.9, mainly out of fear. um, It's something that I can overlook very, very easily if I'm recruiting this guy. And, you know, speaking of recruiting, Coach V, do you want to kind of talk about some of the, you know, visits or camps or offers that he's kind of in the works in right now?
1: Yeah, sure. I, I could talk through some of this. I mean, you put together the list here. But uh so he does have a D1 offer from uh Valparaiso, right? Cody, is that correct?
0: Correct. Yeah, they're in the Pioneer League. Yes. On, I on I, I know FCS. Valpo.
1: I know Valpo. We had a a Longmont receiver from last year. I think it was Caleb Johnson got offered by Valpo last year. So there you go. They're a good program. Um not like, you know, Power 5 or Group of 5. Uh, I don't think, but they're FCS. I'm pretty sure. So there you go. Uh, You said Stanford visit with a question mark. I don't know if he.
0: Yeah, he he did did visit Stanford. Okay, I'm just not. He's he's really smart. In case he has a 4.0 GPA. He does, and I'm pretty sure he's in like advanced classes as well so okay he's really smart so i don't know how much that played into it but he has pictures in that stanford swag
1: okay well that's all that matters he also has a brown visit so there you go he has a und uh he went to a und camp not the most offers or looks for brett alvey and we personally know why i'm not gonna air all that out because uh, it's nothing on Brett Alvey. I'm not going to air all that out here on the podcast here. We just don't know why. None of this is Brett Alvey's fault. I think in a lot of other programs, he would definitely be getting a lot of Group of Five uh, offers. Maybe some FCS offers. I don't know if he's quite power five, he might be on the edge there. It just kind of depends how you want to use him because I definitely could see him as a middle linebacker, but also I am a little concerned about that sideline to sideline speed. So maybe somebody looks at him and they're like, hey, I think I can make you into an excellent pass rusher. Because for me as a defensive guy, I look at Brett Alvey and I'm like, yeah, he could play middle linebacker pretty easily on the FCS level, but I think he could potentially play pass rusher Uh, like outside linebacker edge rusher uh, on the power five level if we develop him and if we give him time it's not gonna be something that happens right away and even then he might even just be able to give you one really good year which i think would be worth it you know i think that would definitely be worth it having a guy in your pass rushing rotation that could give you a little bit more pop there you know and so uh definitely a shame here but that's kind of where i see him uh outlook wise uh, and he's a smart guy with a 4.0 GPA. So, you know, I'm sure he's going to get some good scholarship money there. But just not quite the offers that he should be having here, man. Because uh, I really do think he's a D1 guy, you know, and not like, a, oh, here's a half scholarship. he's a partial PWO. Like, no, I think there is a program out there that would make him a full ride guy. I am pretty positive on that i'm not sure if that valpool offers a full ride or not obviously um but i don't know that's kind of just where i'm at cody what do you think about that uh, obviously i'm a little biased as i've seen him play a lot you know and i i like the guy and i think he's a humble dude and he works extremely hard and i mean the sky's the limit for a kid
0: well Coach V, let me ask you something. If, you, if you're a college coach, how important is it to you to win a conference title?
1: It'll save my job, or it won't either save my job or give me job security, which are both uh, important.
0: Well boy, do I have the pitch for you here because Brett Alvey is the type of player that, you know, if you're contending for a conference championship, he's the kind of guy that can help your team win a conference championship. I think that his impact is that big, that great. Um, Like like I said, I don't know if it's necessarily that large on like the power five setting, but easily on the D1 level for the majority, I think that he's that kind of guy, whether he's somebody who, you know, just absolutely, whether he's somebody who makes a game-saving play, I think he's capable of doing that on the D1 level, or somebody that's making, like, a game-overturning play. Like, he's somebody who will rock the quarterback so hard that the ball will, like, fly out of their hands, and somebody else can scoop and score that, or or recover it, or, you know, force quarterbacks into bad passes for interceptions. I mean, look, the Pine Creek secondary has been feasting this year, and I think that a pretty I mean obviously they're skilled in their own right don't get me wrong stay tuned for well I guess the whole playmaker list would already be out by now but anyways look back at those and realize that part of that is Brett Alvey's contributions from you know rushing the passer from eating up all those tackles in the middle and I mean look he, he is somebody who works hard and he is somebody who's very skilled in a lot of ways and I think that part of it too you look at It's such a small detail here. It's such a small detail, but I think it's something that goes a long way. Three-time powerlifting nationals qualifier. I think that not only is he somebody who's obviously powerful and is somebody who's working to be powerful all the time, but he's somebody who's willing to learn. Powerlifting is a lot of technique. It's a lot of technique, and it's a very 50-50 combination of technique and strength. And being able to refine skills in powerlifting honestly like if he's able to pay attention to those very minute details in that he's somebody who i think is very very coachable as a football player and i think that that alone should interest a lot of d1 squads that see what he's already accomplished and know that he's somebody that is i think going to be very easy to develop in the ways that you want him to and i think that he's a very coachable kid as well uh who's just uh, he's gonna Look, I I don't know what poor soul is going to be carrying the ball and running Brett Alvey's way here in the next few years, but it's going to be somebody, and hopefully it's somebody on on the D1 level because I do think that's what he deserves, and i got to agree with that wholeheartedly.
1: So I do have a comparison for Brett Alvey uh, because I'm a little stuck on the whole pass rushing thing because I think he might actually be... Potentially a better edge rusher on the next level than middle linebacker. You could still move him around and, you know, not always put him on the edge, obviously. Uh, but I think he kind of, like, if you develop him and all that, I he reminds me a little bit of Elvis Doomerville, You know, in play style as a power rusher, a little bit shorter at 6'1", but very powerful But hands. very
0: big and strong. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Gets good leverage. You know, gets good leverage. I think that's a big one as well. Uh, so I could see a little bit of that there. Um, but really, li- I really I really like him as a prospect because he is very versatile, you know. And that's something that, as you're going to see, if you listen to more of these series, which hopefully you do, you know, more of these episodes in this series, we very much value versatility. You know, being able to use you at multiple spots in that middle linebacker, linebacker, You know, they're going to ask you to play multiple roles sometimes. Sometimes, you know, hey, you know, they're starting edge rusher. He goes down with an injury. Do you have somebody that could get in the rotation? Maybe not play the entire game, but hey, he could give you 40, 50 snaps, good snaps, quality snaps. You know, split it with somebody else if you need to. Do you have a guy like that, right? Uh, Do you have that depth? You know, that matters on the next level. You know, that matters on the next level, versatility. And that affects your playing time as well. You know, that definitely affects your playing time as well. And so, uh, we'll we'll see what happens moving forward. Hopefully, by this time, by the time this episode comes out, he'll have a couple better opportunities. Because I really think highly of this kid. I think he's such a hard worker. Uh, and he does a lot of very, very good things that, you know, we haven't quite seen uh, out of a linebacker in this position the last couple years yet. Uh, at least before this class so there there you go there but uh yeah Cody is there anything else you want to add on what do you think about the Elvis Doomerville um comparison
0: I think it's a really good one because I mean as someone who <laughs> watched Elvis Doomerville quite a bit he is somebody who you know did develop a few skills as far as you know he, he was at a middle backer spot blitzing sometimes, and sometimes he just kind of sat in the field. He's not somebody who would get a lot of interceptions or somebody that I was comfortable if, you know, Tony Gonzalez was running a route on him, but he is somebody who I think, you know, is that stout frame and is just very powerful but also led to a bag of its own because of his power Elvis Dumerville was somebody who developed a pretty solid spin move as well for for those who remember and somebody who had a really nice swim move um, so and but the basis of all of that was the power and I, I think that that's a very very solid comparison um, but you know I think that Brett even has the upside of having offering a little bit more versatility uh, up front as well. And honestly, he's somebody who I wouldn't even mind sticking in the dirt. Um, You know, if he ends up, you know, becoming a bit more of an edge guy, he's somebody who could probably get up to 245 pounds and even be like a 3-4 D end versatility wise, not full time, but somebody who you have the option of putting in that position as well, which is something like Doomerville was a 3-4 outside guy. He was a 3-4 D end. He was, you know, a 4-3 end as well. So I think that that's a very solid comparison.
1: Thank you. Uh, but we'll see. He's going to have to develop to get there. He's not Elvis Doomerville right now. No, 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 no. Because no. <laughs> uh, he, he would be a lot higher on this list and probably on some other position list, honestly. But he has the potential, you know, the power. If you just look at some of his pass rushing skills, there's a lot to like there, you know. You, you could be very happy with that. So there you go. But that's Brett Alvey out of Pine Creek. That is our number three guy. Cody, do you mind if I go ahead and talk about our number two guy here?
0: Yeah, and and a little bit of a change of pace here um, and a very well-rounded player here at the two spot.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. So uh, our number two guy here in the class of 2023 when it comes to middle linebackers in Colorado is Jojo Joseph Garnett, uh, the middle linebacker for Vista Ridge high school so I think something that automatically separates him from some of these other guys is that he is not a multi-year starter I know Kate Paulson Alvy Lewis uh some of the other guys and you know honorable mentions and eventually our number one guy are all multi-year starters some of them even three-year four-year starters you know Jojo this is his I guess his last senior year was his first full season I want to say um at least first full season that really matters i would say as a starter and he played all the games you know uh and so that's very special you know going off the small sample size but you know we've had the opportunity to see him work out a lot shout out to team Full gorilla You know, so we've seen him in coverage plenty of times. And I feel pretty comfortable about these uh, coverage grades I'm about to give him. And so shout out to them. You know, we've seen him in plenty of sessions going against the best of the best here in the state uh, at receiver, running back, quarterback, all that great stuff. Uh, And uh, yeah, and they also put us on to him as well. And so we've seen him in those training sessions uh, specifically. And then I believe I've I've seen. Well, no, Cody. We've both seen him in two games live this year, one against Pine Creek.
0: I was literally at both with I had to
1: think about it. One against Pine Creek, you know and both of these were rivalry games I would consider. But one was at Pine Creek, you know, obviously a lot of great linemen he had to go against. And then the other one was Palmer Ridge at the end of the season. Not this playoff game that literally happened today, unfortunately, as much as I wanted to be there. But let me go ahead and talk about the grades here. I've been talking a little bit about this background info for a little too long here. So at man coverage ability gave him a 6. Zone coverage is a 9. Hit power, 93 top end speed 7.7 agility hit fluidity 8.7 that might be even a little high i'm not even going high uh height frame 8.5 tackling 7.9 pass rush skills is a seven block shedding ability is an 8.8 and then run defend ability is a 8.8 sorry block shedding ability is an 8.4 and then run defendability is an 8.8 my overall grade for jojo here is an 81.3 i think very much he is a three star type of guy here let me talk about the top categories here starting with hit power gave him a 9.3 he is a nasty hitter Uh, He might be one of the strongest hitters uh, on this list and one of the hardest hitters in the entire state, maybe even country as well. He's just a nasty football player, man. He's the type of guy that's going to set the tone. You are not going to bully this guy and you're not going to bully a defense that he is on. You know, they're going to go to work. They're going to do their best. They're going to give it their all and they're going to play nasty. You know, he's going to set the tone. best believe that you know and so that is something that i absolutely love about jojo watching him play in pads and whatnot this last season you could count on him to go ahead and make a point love that as a defensive guy you know set a tone setter tone setter enforcer zone coverage ability gave him a nine that's his next highest grade here uh like i said shout out team full gorilla we've seen him in plenty of scrimmages You know, obviously he's not in pads, but you don't have to be in pads to cover, you know, the pass or play the pass here. Uh, I really like his communication over the middle. He does a good job, you know, talking to his guys, making sure they're held accountable. Uh, Like I said, a lot of that. Shout out to Team Full Gorilla. You know, they've really helped develop him there, but he's done a very good job. I am extremely impressed with his communication skills and his ability to play uh, zone and whatnot. He does a very good job there. I think he fits that, you know. And then we got... Uh, 8.7 agility, hip fluidity. I Okay, <laughs> he, he could definitely open up his hips a little bit more, but I more so gave him this grade because I think his sideline to sideline speed is very good. He closes fast. You know, he closes very fast. Uh, he's not going to allow too many plays get get on the edge and uh uh, get past him there so he does a good job there run defendability it's an 8.8 here plays the run very well not only does he play well and he and he's smart with it and he's able to read blocks relatively well he also makes some very good hits you know he finishes the play you know and so that definitely has something to do with that high grade now the two lowest grades um let me talk about man coverage ability gave him a six i mean not bad it's still average uh, on the high end on of average when it comes to grades here. Yeah, I've, I've watched him uh, play man plenty of times. And I am more than convinced that I am not comfortable putting him man-to-man against a slot receiver or running back. And it, I don't know, maybe I, I could put him against a tight end. It depends the tight end. But, you know, if it's like a Terrence Ferguson or like a receiving tight end, I, I really don't know. You know and that's okay you know he does a lot of other things well uh it's not that he doesn't try hard or he has a bad technique either i just don't think the top end speed is quite there and then when it comes to like flipping his hips and you know all that stuff like it's not the fastest in coverage and so it could definitely be improved here uh look it's not low because he's not trying he definitely tries Which, you know, validates this grade for me that much more. But, you know, not bad. I think he could hold up relatively well if you really need to ask him. But I also think you're doing him a disservice by putting him in that position. So, there you go. And as a coach, you got to put your players in the best position. So, that's not on him. Uh, Pass rush skills. Gave him a 7. Wasn't really asked to pass rush a lot. Like I said, he only really has one full season of film that we've been able to look at. A number of games that we've been able to attend. Not really asked to rush off the edge. Barely, I don't even think he's asked uh, to blitz a lot from the linebacker spot, at least compared to some other guys. Um, You know, that's just not really what they've asked him. And so I gave him a 7. I think he is not bad. Uh, I've seen him block shed enough where it's like, okay, some of these skills are definitely transferable off the edge or what have you you know uh but i just haven't seen him in that situation enough to really give him anything higher than a seven and so that's kind of where he's at right there but other than that i mean this guy he is gonna bring the energy he's gonna make a statement uh not just when you need it but whenever because he's like that you know and he's gonna play the run really well You know, uh, there's not a lot of times where, you know, he's going to get ran over. I haven't seen him get ran over at all. So there you go. And, you know, he does a good job of getting a lot of tackles for loss, and he's very productive there. So there you go. That's my evaluation of Jojo Garnett. Cody, do you want to go ahead and go over your grades here before we discuss him?
0: Yeah, and we're going to find some similarities uh, through this, and we're going to find some differences, but we're going to find some similarities um, look, so for Jojo here, let's just go ahead and climb down it a little bit Um, I, I gave a little bit more credit on the man coverage, but I'll, I'll explain that in a minute But anyways, man coverage ability 7, zone coverage ability 8, hip power Simon, you were saying that you you thought that you might have had this a little high If you have this a little high, then mine is definitely too high But uh, I'm at a 9.2 right up there with you Top end speed, I have a 6.2 hip fluidity slash agility I have at a 5.8 uh height and frame 8.6 tackling 8.2 pass rush skills a 6.6 six. block shedding ability 7.8 and run defendability an 8.6 so let's go ahead and start with the highlights here hit power 9.2 i i feel like i'm gonna talk about this everyone's gonna get really annoyed oh, you, we get it you want to tackle through somebody but no a lot of you do not get it jojo gets it okay Not only does he tackle through somebody, he must imagine that he's tackling through the thing that he hates the most on this entire planet because I have him rated as the hardest hitter on this list out of any of the linebackers and I think that it holds true because man, I just, the way I see him bury his shoulder into people's midsections, it gives me hot flashes back to when I was a wide receiver and I was getting those shots Um, in my ribs and I'm just like oh man like that person is gonna have a really horrible night and tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that like these are rib cracking hits that he is constantly delivering not only is it the ferocity of which it is delivered it is the consistency of which these hits are delivered like obviously seeing numbers is important to knowing who people are but on a field watching a Vista Ridge game and be like oh yeah that was JoJo who delivered the hit I could tell that he was the one on the tackle because of the hit so I I think that that's a huge part of it and you know his tackling is right up there too um at a 8.2 so only a single point below but he's a very consistent tackler very very often he's tackling at the right pad level I feel like Very often, he's wrapping up and driving on those tackles, I think, is very important. He doesn't give up as soon as contact is made. And, you know, he just does a very consistent job of wrapping up on those tackles, I think, is especially his strength on the tackling side of things. And then, you know, his other highest category here, I kind of jumped a little bit out of order here, but his run defend ability at an 8.6, just incredible recognition on his part. He has the ability to see something and absolutely just blow it up. And he sees things before it happens as well. So his play recognition is huge, a part of his run defend ability. But when you're able to tackle, when you're able to wrap up, when you're able to split gaps, that is also considered run defend ability. So for him to be able to lay the wood and you know constant be a very very consistent tackler is what allows his run defend ability to be so so solid. Even in my notes I said that he's a very smart linebacker with superb play recognition and a hammering hit force to level any runner anywhere on the field. Um now some things that I have rated a little bit lower here is his agility slash hip fluidity and top end speed he's just not the fastest guy and while i will cede to coach v's point here that he is very good moving sideline to sideline it's when those hips open up that it just looks funky um it's it's not necessarily that it's the clunkiest motion but when he opens his hips it's like a door kind of creaking open like uh, it's just very slow um, the kind of like the the rest of his movements here. Uh, he's just not the fastest guy, and it's visible both in his top end speed and in his agility slash hip fluidity. I can see the top end speed being a major concern for the man coverage ability and even though that wasn't one of my top or bottom three I'll dive into that in just a sec, actually I'm just going to dive into it now, uh, the reason that I have the man coverage ability at a 7 is because he's very competent and he doesn't lose his man due to schematics I should say so you know rub routes, mesh routes anything like that, he's not going to lose somebody because of that reason when he's in man coverage, also his responsibility on screen plays, I think that he does a very good job of keying in on those. There were quite a few screenplays in the Pine Creek game that we saw live, and I think that he did a fantastic job of tracking those down. Granted, that's not applicable all the time, but I think that the peak of him playing those screenplays is very, very impressive. So I will give him that, and he doesn't get smoke screened on that. So I'll I'll kind of give him some credit there. But to finish out the weaknesses aspect, uh pass rush skills, just kind of gotta echo Coach V here. It's not something that he's at not, it's not something he's asked to do a lot. So, you know, we gotta, we gotta cut him some slack there. He's not going to be an all-star at pass rushing when he's not pass rushing all the time, but he is somebody who can get after the quarterback as well. You know, if it's a spy situation and his zone is free where he can, you know, apply a little bit of pressure and just, you know, light a little bit of a fire under, you know, their keister there and get them on the move and force some errant passes at times. Um, Coach V, obviously, we see eye-to-eye eye on a lot of you know his ability here. I do want to echo the zone coverage ability aspect here because he is a very solid uh, zone coverage guy as far as, like Coach V said, very good communicator, very good at maintaining his zone. Uh, very impressive at being able to follow receivers that do come into his zone that is a very commendable feat and I think that you know even with the uh, points made here I think that it's worth giving Jojo here even an 8.3 live update on the on the grid here but uh yeah I think that he is a very commendable zone coverage guy coach V what do you think kind of on my synopsis on Maybe the point difference that we have in man coverage ability. I want to just clarify first, I do not disagree with you. I do not want him covering, you know, like a Jack Pierce or a Richard Okuno. Jack Pierce last year, Richard Okuno this year. That's kind of a nightmare situation. But as far as being a responsible pass coverage guy, can you kind of see that angle? And then, um, you know, kind of just the other things that we aligned on here, how that kind of foils out for you.
1: Yeah, so as a pass coverage guy in general, I think he is very—I'm going to shout out his IQ here because I think he is very, very competent when it comes to his pass—or not pass rush IQ, pass coverage IQ, his pass coverage IQ. In coverage, he knows what he's doing. His technique is pretty good, to be honest with you, Um, and that is something that I've hammered other linebackers, not only this year but in the past couple years, for just having— just horrible like like they're literally just running with a running back and for some people that may not be as familiar with high level football like oh isn't that what man coverage is you're just running with the guy right like no it's it's playing leverages and like you know having good techniques and squeezing him into the uh boundaries and so it's all this stuff it's all the little things that matters and he does a lot of the little things right You know, that is something that I absolutely got to praise. him for somebody, you know, who started for one year here at Vista Ridge, that is extremely impressive. You know, that is extremely impressive. The ceiling, I mean, the sky's the limit, honestly, you know, the sky's the limit. He does a very good job. He knows what's happening, you know, which is kind of what makes it worse because he knows what's happening. But I think athletically, he's not quite there. Uh, to be able to cover it, you know, but it is going to help out, you know, uh, cover some of those weaknesses when covered when uh, uh, in man to man coverage specifically because I see that more in man to man coverage than zone and zone. I'm not worried at all uh, in man. Uh, yes, the technique it's there, but you're right. His hips are a little stiff here. Uh, it is a little bit of a range of motion thing. It wouldn't hurt him to do some do some more yoga you know, if he has been doing it and continue to open up those hips and uh, be a little bit smoother as a man-to-man guy there. That'll help you out. But even then, the top end speed is a little concerning. And so, you know, there are definitely concerns there in coverage, but he could still cover very well in zone. So it's not like he's a total liability. And like I said, he knows what he's doing in man. So I'm not even really tripping over that. You know, and, and those aren't even really the things he does. Well, like you said, he's more known as an enforcer. He's the heart and soul of this Vista Ridge defense. I have grown to believe that this season. You know, he has really stepped up as that dude for Vista Ridge. And honestly, I really wish he was able to play with Justice Laulu, that standout defensive tackle from last year who graduated. Because I think both of those guys on the same team uh, would have been nasty. You know, would have been nasty for Visteridge. But you know, Jojo, he still got it done. And he got it done in big games. Like I said, we saw him against Pine Creek. Palmer Ridge, those are pretty much the best games, um, best comp he's going to play all season. And those are very quality teams here. And he did a good job, man. He made plays. He kept his defense in it, you know, and they rallied around him. And so a lot of credit to JoJo here, man. Uh, Second best linebacker in the state. But, you know, considering all the things going on, you know, that is very good for him. And I think his potential is through the roof here. Cody, do you want to talk about maybe some of his opportunities on the next level? Slash, actually, what do you think about what I just said there? You know, I mean, I think we're on the same page here, right?
0: No, absolutely. I agree. And uh, if you want more of our analysis on what man coverage looks like, obviously it looks different for a linebacker, but we do way more in depth when we look at our cornerbacks there. So if you want more of a breakdown as far as what does leverage mean, what does XYZ mean, That'd be a pretty good place to go, but um, talking about JoJo here, yeah, it he his strides and if you look at logarithmically what he's been able to accomplish, it's logarithmically the most impressive, uh, easily. Granted, it's because of the sample size and because of the timing, etc., etc., etc. But um, I do think that the downside, obviously, to being a one-year starter kind of guy is what we're about to look at as far as offers compared to what we actually think his potential is right so talking about or at least looking through his twitter what i was able to find here is he's been invited places right um he's visited csu pueblo on a game day he went to csu's junior day event he's gotten edits from fort lewis college as well down in durango and currently i mean shout out To just the Chadron State Scouting Department because they're killing it here in the box state. But he has an offered to Chadron. You look at all these, you look our our overall grade is at a 78.8 between your 81.3, my 76.3. This is a two to three star recruit with very, very good pass coverage upside on the division one level. And he's just not getting the bites. Part of that is definitely the one-year starter thing. I also don't see his GPA listed, so I'm not sure what that exactly looks like as well, um, because it's just a little bit harder to recruit uh, GPAs that maybe aren't, you know, up to par or three or whatever I guess. Um, so I'd assume if it was over three, it would be listed. But you know, he's he's had some struggles and it's unfortunate because he's really got his head on right this senior year and he's really delivered on the field. But as a portfolio, that just hasn't quite been enough for more interest. Is that a fair assessment to say in the most neutral way possible? Probably.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's plenty of fair. Um, it's hard to get coaches to bite on a one-year starter, especially a linebacker, you know. Now, if he was, like, 6'5", 250, and ran a 4', you know, like a natural athletic freak like that, that you just really couldn't miss, yeah, he, you know, someone would throw out a flyer and be like, hey, I could develop this guy into the next, you know, Lawrence Taylor or whoever. Then, yeah, sure, you know, but, you know, he is a little undersized. I know he's listed at six foot uh, I He's probably close to it. I'm sure he's close to it. You know, uh, he's definitely not six one though. You know, and so is that really that big of a deal? To me, no. But to some coaches, it's like, well, if not all my linebackers are six foot, then I can't play football with them anymore. Like, which is stupid, but that's just how some guys think. You know, so automatically that kind of just rules them out there. Is he a multi-year starter? You know, that's another thing that coaches use to rule out guys as unfair as it could be, you know, and so... For JoJo here, I think he is for sure an FCS guy. Um, Maybe even Group of Five guy. I don't really quite see him as a Power Five guy quite yet here uh, talent-wise. But I think Group of Five, FCS, I think he's D1, you know, as far as just looking at the sample size here of this one season. But because it's only a one season, you know, one full season sample size, it's not quite enough to garner d1 attention and that's at least how i'm understanding it right now um you know obviously I'd, I'd offer the guy if i could you know i think he brings a lot of energy i think he could easily be the hardest hitter on your team yes that's how that's you know including defensive lineman as well you know i think he is that dude but i could understand why coaches are a little bit hesitant You know, maybe they're like, uh, he seems like maybe a little bit of a one-year wonder. What if he goes one year of Juco? And I think that's something that I could definitely see him doing. We'll see what happens, obviously. There is a lot to happen here in this next month here that could change a lot. And so we'll see what his opportunities look like. I wouldn't surprise if he went the Juco route. You know, we have talked with some Jucos. Just going to throw that out there. Um, High-level Jucos, like national you know, contender JUCOs about players and prospects, and I think JoJo is definitely somebody that could go to the JUCO level and find success right away. You know, I think he could go there and he could shock some coaches and you know uh fellow teammates with his IQ in in pass coverage. You know, and really, really carry. Some of the pass coverage uh, for a lot of these Juco's out here, you know. That's how special I think he really is. And then, you know, there's obviously, oh, is he going to be able to adapt to the physicality? I'm not concerned about the physicality on the next level, you know. Because, to be honest, he'll probably go Juco if that's the option that he chooses. And he'll be like 230, 240. And he's going to be like killing dudes out there. Like every other highlight is that Jadavion Clowney highlight. Um, was that against Michigan? Against Michigan. You know, you know the one. Uh, I'm not really concerned about that.
0: Oh, if you know you. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so he is getting these offers, respect to Shadron, CSU Pueblo, you know, Fort Lewis, all those guys. All the RMAC guys, the two guys that show Colorado guys so much love. Uh, A lot of respect to them, but I think he is definitely somebody... If he goes Juco or even if he goes to one of these schools and transfers, um, he could definitely be an FCS guy. So that's how I see it right now with Jojo here. Uh, There's a lot of potential here, but, you know, there's always that. All right. What if what if, you know, this was his peak if you're a college coach? You know, I, I think that's something that some coaches might be thinking, not me. But, you know, I could see that perspective. Is that fair to say, Cody?
0: Yeah, no, it's not uncommon. And, I mean, look, we're in Colorado. We unfortunately don't have the reputation that we should have for a variety of reasons. And we will speak on that someday. But um, that that doesn't really help either. But, you know, I, I like his odds. I like his odds in a Juco setting. Um, I think that he's and and another thing too is if, I'm not sure, this is speculation because I just, I I genuinely don't know, but if GPA is a thing too, Juco is a great opportunity go there, work out with all these, you know, SEC kind of bounce back guys get your grades up, get that GPA inflated as a college GPA and then, boom, that makes looks a little bit easier too, I mean you look back to our in-depth analysis of juco and grades were basically i this is a way throwback but if you go back to the martin abara interview grades was a huge thing that he was able to address and you know he he had like a 3-3 and then oh boom 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 D1, d1 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 fcs fcs looks you know what i mean uh out of the blue and uh utilizing that transfer portal i think is going to be i think it's going to be a helpful tool and i don't think that jojo should at all be discouraged by where he has to start it's about where you end um you know what i mean and i think that he could end exactly where he wants to be and he can help a program in a variety of ways
1: yeah absolutely i mean just gonna reinforce this you're getting an enforcer and you're getting a smart cover guy in this linebacker that is jojo garnett and honestly what more could you want you know uh really what more could you want that's pretty much almost all the categories that we really talk about like all these categories we have here are centered around can you play the run well are you an athletic freak and can you cover you know that's what it really boils down to so and are you versatile too i guess there's that but you know it's it, it all goes hand in hand right and so we'll see what jojo uh what happens with jojo here i'm not gonna rule out that a team comes At the 11th hour and offers him. Because I think that would be a steal. Like just. I don't know. I'm going to bring up Northern Colorado. Because we graduated from there. But if I'm the Northern Colorado defensive coordinator. You know I'm looking at this and I'm like man. You know we, we could have used a little bit more oomph. On our defense this year. Letting all these fools run over us. In what is the big sky. The hardest FCS conference. You know we could use a little bit of that. A little bit of that attitude. A little bit of that you're not going to bully me. I'm going to bully you. Type of attitude. You know. I think JoJo would be that guy. And so I really wouldn't be surprised. If a team comes in at the 11th hour. You know super late. And be like man. I'm just going to pull the trigger. Let me take a chance and just see what happens. You know. Because I think he is worth. I, I think he's worth it. You know, and uh, I don't think I don't think there's too much more to it. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: you know. So yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens there. But uh, here, before we talk about our number one guy, Cody, I do want to shout out some of these honorable mentions here, and we have a lot. Uh, to be honest with you, all the guys who make our all playmaker list, you know. 1A through 5A. We've looked at all your film and we've evaluated it. So I'm just going to put that out there, okay? You know who you are. You can also look at our list and stuff like that. I don't think that's super hard to do. Uh, on top of that, you know, we do have a couple other guys here. And so I do want to shout out Isaac Angle out of Highlands Ranch. He just barely missed out here. Uh, we do have Aiden O'Shan out of Thunder Ridge. We took a look at him. Same with Peyton Wainwright out of Columbine. We took a look at him. Um... I'm just thinking of names here. Ryder True out of Eden. Uh, He committed to Shadron State. We took a look at him. You know, we looked at a lot of different dudes here. I do want to talk about real quick. Marte Russell, linebacker out of Cherry Creek. Linebacker, nickel, outside linebacker. We decided, um, I don't know. I think we just decided that middle linebacker is not really where he fits. Cody, we could talk about that here more in a little bit. You know, but we're gonna shout him out anyways. Plus, he didn't play the most amount of games, so that kind of that kind of hurts a little bit there. Uh, Also, Logan Brantley. You know, I know he's listed at linebacker. I know, and this is on me. I listed him as a watch list guy at linebacker at the beginning of the year, but he is definitely more of a safety. So he will probably, he should be on that safety list. To be honest with you, whenever that comes out. So there you go there. But uh, just a couple guys to shout out for honorable mentions. Uh, Cody, do you want to talk more about the Marte Russell situation or any of these other guys at honorable mention?
0: Yeah, so, I mean, look, the thing with uh, Marte Russell, uh, he's, look, he graded out to be linebacker-wise, he would have been my third highest rated linebacker. Um, and, and And I felt very, very confident about that. The thing about Marte Russell is he's asked to do a lot. Look, the the quick synopsis is very fast and extremely versatile linebacker slash athlete who's incredibly fast and gifted in coverage both zone and man with an eye for the game and the speed to move around and confuse opposing offenses slash quarterbacks. So he he has a lot going for him. Just super athletic, very smart, very smart, playing at a very high level in not that long as a linebacker since last year as his junior year the the things with Marte is he does play slot corner a lot a lot a lot um and he does play a lot of zone coverage which kind of gives the safety kind of vibe here um but something else too is just um the availability on the field has been he's just been very unlucky with a recurring injury So I guess like games played is also something that we kind of figure into this, but I, I promise you with, with the whole season, he'd be a top three guy on either one of the safety or linebacker lists. I can say that pretty confidently, uh, following, watching his film and he's going to get his shot on the D one level. It just depends on what that path might look like. And we've talked to Marte quite a bit. He's definitely a PMC fam kind of guy. And you know, we're, we are very excited for his journey and where it's going to lead him. But mark, mark our words. He is somebody who should end up on a D one roster, uh, within the next couple of years. I think that's a, that's a fair synopsis of the sitch. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: I like it a lot. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think games played is kind of the bare minimum here and it does kind of help us, you know, subtract some guys, from the conversation but Marte he's a great dude uh team player you know gave up playing quarterback to play on the defensive side of the football and obviously he's won a chip doing that and made some big plays in the chip while doing that last year and probably this year uh depending on what goes down you know and so uh, yeah, I mean, we've had extended conversations. He he knows it's all love. You know, he knows what we think about him and all that great stuff. Uh, I'm going to keep those conversations confidential, though, as we do most of our conversations with sources and players and uh, some coaches. Uh, so, you know, you'll know what his decision is moving forward when you do uh, on his terms. But great guy, you know, works really hard. He, for me, was graded out an 80.8 at linebacker so he would have been third right behind Jojo here um but in my opinion he's the better cover guy so there you go but we'll see what happens with Marte I'm just going to throw this out there man Troy Anderson out of Montana State some of you may know him some of you may not go ahead and look up his story but I think that is a great comparison for who Marte Russell um, might be in what role he might play for D1 or next level program in, moving forward. You know, Troy Anderson out of Montana State, linebacker, quarterback, running back. Look up his story. I think that's Marte's uh, low route here. Potentially, potentially, you know, so we'll see what happens. But uh, those are all of our honorable mentions. Oh, Max Kibby out of Grandview. That's another one I almost forgot. Uh, there you go. Cody, we, you don't have any other honorable mentions, do you?
0: No, I don't think so. I mean, look, uh Aiden did a lot of work for this Thunder Ridge defense and was one of the leaders of tackles in the state. I think he finished in that top 5 as of the end of the Grizzly season. Uh Peyton Wainwright is a very versatile guy, somebody else who like is at like safety, nickel, corner, linebacker. He's also put his hand in the dirt at like 3-4 defensive end. So, a very versatile player that a program will be lucky to have. Um, just got to kind of bulk him up a little bit. And then, yeah, Isaac, um, he had flashes, he had inconsistencies, but he had flashes and, uh, he's at least, I would say composite grade, um, out of eligible players per se. He was knocking on that door.
1: Yeah. Uh, right on the edge there, right at six, but it is what it is. You know, we got to make tough decisions. We evaluate these guys for a reason. You know, we go to games to specific specifically excuse me evaluate these guys so there you go but uh you know what without further ado let's go ahead and talk about our number one linebacker here in the class of 2023 out of colorado cody you got the honors do you want to go ahead and introduce him
0: absolute you've heard five four three and two and you've heard six through eleven But number one in the class of 2023 is going to be out of Fountain Fort Carson. If you're in the scene, you already knew this answer was coming. That's Ty Fave here out of Fountain Fort Carson, who, oh my gosh, he just does so many things right. He like averaged an eight in these categories here. And I'm going to go ahead and talk about the, spoiler alert, Washington State. Commit here, Um, the the, the only one committed out of this list here, so scouts get it together. But tie here, 8.6 in man coverage ability. A 9 in zone coverage, 8.6 hit power, 8.6 top end speed. That might even get bumped up here. As You know what? It's going to get bumped up to an Um, (laughs) 8.9. Agility, hip fluidity, 8.7. Height slash frame, 8.6. Tackling 9, pass rush skills 6.5, block shedding ability 7.4, and run defend ability a 9.5. Look, you look at the lowest score from anybody else, it's usually like a 5 for me. Everyone's lowest score was a 5 or uh, in the 5s or below, and ties is a 6.5. If that doesn't tell you how good tie is i really don't know what to tell you and honestly the fact that it's in pass rush skills he's just not asked to pass rush a lot but you can make an argument for his pass rush to be higher because his opportunity of pass rush to his efficiency of pass rush is extremely high percentage uh he's just not asked to do it he's not asked to like blitz off the edge a whole time he's not asked to like put his hand in the dirt or anything like that but as far as the things that he can do pass rush wise he's another one of those guys where if he's flowing with a quarterback on a flood concept and with his like eyes in the back of his head because his zone coverage ability is so strong and his communication with his teammates is so strong and his understanding of the game is so strong he knows all right i i followed my flood route over here he's way pushed to the boundary and this quarterback's gonna have to tuck and run or he's gonna throw a pick to one of my secondary mates so I'm gonna go light him up and that's what he does he goes and just obliterates quarterbacks a lot of the time on flood routes but also does the same thing if his routes over the middle get passed off or you know if the running back that he would be covering man coverage wise does just get absolutely muddied in the backfield Ty will maneuver the line of scrimmage better than the running back will to destroy that quarterback so even his worst skill even on a bad day his pass rush is still good block shedding ability was his other lowest one here once again it's mainly just because he doesn't really have to do it too much um you know he has like a quick bull rush pop kind of move that is very strong but all in all you know um that just doesn't have and he can hand fight to an extent just doesn't really have like a bag per se but you don't have to when you can do everything else that he does so phenomenally i'm just going to keep it to the three that i have rated the highest to try and keep a bit of a lid on it here but he has three scores in the nines and if you've been following any film breakdowns i've done whether that's on twitch whether that's on requests whether that's on top fives you really got to You gotta blow me away to get 9s. Even a baseline 9 flat is hard. It's like pulling teeth for me to give out. But I willingly donated uh, these here for Ty. Because, I mean, zone coverage-wise, like I said, he's just so phenomenal. He understands the game so well. He moves spectacularly in zone coverage. And just really maneuvers the field well. Run defendability. His play recognition is what allows you know, all these man, zone, run, defend to be so well is because he really just is a student of the game. He's very intelligent, but he has the athleticism like that top end speed of an 8.9 and that hip fluidity of an 8.7. He has the athleticism to not only recognize these things, but then absolutely make you pay on offense for doing whatever you're doing and being a very sure tackler with a nine here, consistently wrapping up every time Great pad level, and that's part of what makes his run defendability so well. And, you know, for my overall notes, I just said extremely fast and agile and best sideline-to-sideline side player in Colorado. He can cover any way you want. He's a sound tackler who also improved from his tackling last year. Um, and, you know, he's, he's somebody who has the ability to move against next-level guys in coverage and the ability to read and fill at the speed he can, um, it, it doesn't matter as much some of the things that maybe he's not the best at. Coach V, let's hear your tie rundown here.
1: Yeah, Ty Fave, the pride and joy of Fountain Fort Carson, Southside, Fountain Side. He is that dude. He's been the face of the franchise, the face of the program. He's been a three-year starter uh, at least, I'm pretty sure he might have gotten some starts his freshman year, but he's at least a three-year starter. He has been playing for as long as we've been a podcast (laughs) covering Colorado high school football, which is insane. He's one of our day one PMC fam guys. Let me just go down the grades here and then we'll talk more about his game here. I don't want it to sound like, you know, he only got the top spot because we love the guy. Uh, But here at man coverage ability, gave him an 8.5. Zone coverage ability, 9.4. Hip power, 9.1. Top end speed, 8.6. Agility hip fluidity, 8.7. That could probably be bumped a little bit, to be honest with you. Uh, Height frame, 8.5. Tackling, 9.5 pass rush skills it is the lowest uh that i have for him just like you cody i gave him a six block shedding ability though did give him an 8.8 and then run defend ability 9.4 here let me start with the top ones here all above 9.3 that is five star talent here because i truly believe he has five star skills here (coughs) excuse me five star skills here so Let me go ahead and start with the 9.4ers. He has 9.4 in zone coverage and run defendability. Uh, Zone coverage, first off, shout out Team Full Gorilla once again. He played with them, that 7-on-7 team in the offseason all these years, and it has shown. Uh, And then even looking at his film in pads and watching him these last three years, these last three seasons, his zone coverage is elite. You know, I've looked at linebackers from other states, top prospects. I've seen them play live, all that great stuff. I have not seen a more proficient zone coverage middle linebacker than Ty. Fave out of Fountain Fort Carson. I think this is legitimate. He does a great job communicating. Um, Great leader, by the way. Guy just everyone loves. And so a lot of people respect him first off. And that goes a long way in his communication there. He is very clear with that. You know, he has shown the ability to command a defense and help a coverage uh, secondary get their stuff together. And he's had some great players to play alongside uh, as well so there you go uh i i honestly can't imagine a linebacker with better zone coverage coming out of high school right now than Ty fave tackling or sorry let's talk run defendability that's the other 9.41 here uh very good at seeing where blocks are gonna be at how runs are gonna turn out you know very much an intellectual and a student of the game here That goes a long way in him dissecting these plays. And he finds ways to kill a play before it is born. Before it is able to get going here. He gets so many tackles for loss. You know because he's already in the backfield through blocking assignments and all that stuff. You know he kills plays. Especially runs. And he does such a good job. He has done that on a consistent basis for about 3 years now. And has only gotten better here. I cannot imagine many other linebackers doing that at as high of a level actually shout out Kip Lewis uh he was a linebacker out of Carthage in Texas here we broke or I broke down his film a couple years ago I believe he was committed to uh Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma I don't know if he ended up still going there but he was a four-star five-star type of guy you know I remember watching Kip Lewis's film and being like man he covers the run really well then I watched Ty Fave's film and you know these last couple years and i'm like man they're like at just about the same level except ty he's a little bit shorter you know so there you go he does it a little bit better here so that's something that i absolutely love to see there you know just a very high iq football player which goes a lot into um with into the reason why his run defendability grade is so high here and then tackling 9.5 here fundamental you know uh, and he's gotten better. Very consistent. Extremely consistent. I have never seen someone break a tie-fave tackle. Um, yeah. And I don't know if I ever will. He takes great angles too. You know, does all the right things. And so there you go. He does it all. Uh, those are his top three grades there. Now, his bottom two. Let's start with the six. Block shedding ability. I'm pretty... Or sorry, not block shedding ability. Pass rush skills here, that's the one above block shedding ability. I am pretty sure he can pass rush off the edge if you ask him to. Uh, definitely could blitz up the middle, We've seen plenty of that, but usually when he does that, he is untouched because he is so fast and gets a good jump there. Uh, But you know if it comes down to it I trust his ability to pass rush I I really like his block shedding he has a very fast hands very strong hands good combination they're kind of like a boxer you know powerful punches but very quick as well you know and so love to see that I think that's transferable just these last couple years just really haven't seen him used as an edge rusher blitzer type and so we'll see but I'm sure he can figure it out on the next level. And then the next lowest is man coverage at an 8.5, which is still really good. I think he covers extremely well. The only way this grade could be higher is if Bro was a literal safety and just put on 20 pounds. And now he's a 220 pound, you know, safety playing linebacker. That's the only way. But for a guy who's played linebacker and has held his weight pretty well here. I think 8.5 is more than good enough. He could keep up with the running backs. He played running back himself, by the way. Uh, but he could keep up with the running backs. He could keep up with some really good receivers. He has good technique there. Uh, I want to say I've seen film of him against Terrence Ferguson... Who is, you know, the four star guy who's at Oregon and he's just casually killing it. Probably gonna be in the running for best tight end in all of football, college football, that is, this year. You know, nothing big, but I saw him play against him a little bit and he held his own, you know, did some things there, you know, and so I really like his man coverage ability. It's an 8.5 mostly because I think, I mean, he doesn't run a 4 3 or a 4 4. And like I said, he's not a safety converting to linebacker. Uh, I think this is as good as it gets here, to be honest with you. But there you go. That is Ty Fave here. I mean, Cody, we've known about this kid for a while. We've seen him trade. We've seen him put in work. We've went to games live. Uh, You saw him against Mesa Ridge, I believe, last year, Cody. And then I saw him in a playoff game against Golden where... I, I gotta say this he had a key play here that is forever like engraved in my mind here whenever I think about Ty But I saw from a mile away and as a linebacker I probably I, I had the same feeling Ty probably did because it was a very obvious like screenplay You know it was gonna get thrown late So he kind of waited on the quarterback to throw it here He threw it and then he just absolutely murdered Whoever caught it. I don't even remember who it was. But he he put, him, he put him in the... Oh, my God. Let me chill out for a minute there. He put him in the ground, though. He put him in the ground. It was a forced fumble. They would recover and return it for a touchdown. And he just read that so well. And I feel like that is very much uh, who Ty Fave is as a linebacker. I think that's a signature play right there for him. Uh, don't you think, Cody? You've seen the play.
0: Yeah, and also I, I love uh, hearing your heart rate increase too over the recording um, and, and getting pumped about it because that's really what it's all about is getting pumped and excited about football. But yeah, Ty is he's a playmaker. What do you know? He A playmaker on Playmakers Corner at the top of a playmaker list. That's what he does. And I mean, you're right. We have known about him for quite some time and even with our expectations high he's constantly over delivered on those expectations from a film standpoint from a leadership standpoint from you know basically any standpoint that you can take from it he has constantly delivered and and even exceeded expectations i i'm I'm kind of sad, honestly, for the Fountain Fort Carson community, just because he does mean a lot for that community. He's very tight-knit with that community, um, and anybody, anybody who we've talked to from Fountain Fort Carson has brought up Ty um, in interviews and stuff like that uh, when talking about the defense and talking about the team as a whole and just how everyone gets along. Um, so, you know, that that's like a little bit of a bummer, but it is still very impressive, and quite a respectable high school career and you know in regards to maybe some of his quote areas of improvement or weakness or whatever like coach v said it's something that when asked he definitely could do but to have a pass coverage linebacker like this who can hit the way that he does who can tackle the way he does and also read plays and you know play pass or run the way he does I think you'd honestly kind of be wasting his talent having him blitz a lot of the time because it's just so hard to find a linebacker as athletic and as intuitive in both the pass and run game as Ty here. And yeah, we have him. He is very, very solidly. This was probably our closest grade, actually, out of any players. Uh, I had him overall at, well, 84.8 now, and Coach V had him at an 86.5 um make it for an 85.65 total rating that is that is really close um as far as our, our grades yeah it is the closest grade um out of anybody outside of cape olsen um but this is on the high end this is on the three-star end obviously committed to washington state that's a big deal always hurts because gosh dang it colorado what are you doing but uh huge congratulations to ty Uh, on it, you know, where his future is going as well as, you know, his spot on this list and his career here as a legendary, I'm going to say a legendary Colorado football player.
1: Yes. If we had a playmakers corner hall of fame, which is probably an idea of someday, he would be a first ballot. Write
0: that down, write that down. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. He'd be first ballot. I mean, what a great dude. I mean, first off, look at his grades. Top tier, you know, doing his thing there. Also, multi-sport athlete. I believe he plays volleyball as well. And he uh, has helped pioneer that. And he's pretty good at it. Along with his boy, Tavion Tooley. Out there at Fountain Fort Carson. So, there you go there. Uh, I know he is in a couple business clubs as well. You know, for Fountain Fort Carson. Uh, He is everything you want in a prospect. He really is, you know. And honestly, this is somebody that... You know, he's going to find success on the next level. He might even find success on the professional level. Wouldn't be surprised if he went to the NFL, XFL, CFL, whatever. I think he could definitely play on that level. Well, you know, or at least get an opportunity. You know, get an opportunity. That might be overreaching just a little bit too far in the future. But even then, I mean, this is just such a great dude, man. Real nice guy. Every conversation we have is honestly a pleasure. You know, he's represented Fountain Fort Carson um and Colorado football you know at the highest level possible you know this is somebody that even if you don't play linebacker or running back his positions you know, you should still look up to Ty Fave because he does a lot of good things, man. And he means so much to that Fountain Fort Carson community. This last year, I did get the opportunity to work with the city of Colorado Springs. And so I helped run some of the youth leagues out here. And, you know, Fountain Fort Carson has a very strong youth program. They don't let their kids get separated, you know, and go to any other programs. That's K through eight, basically, you know, and all the coaches I talked to, All the players, they're like, you know, Ty Fave, he's my favorite player. You know, he's a stand-up dude. He's that guy. I've never heard a bad thing about dude, which doesn't make him perfect. Nobody is perfect, you know. But, you know, he does his best, and that's really all you could ask for. And he's just such a good dude. He's somebody that, you know, a lot of guys in this state should be looking up to when they're trying to put together their film and, you know, uh, college resumes as well and all that great stuff. You know, he is just a very versatile dude. And honestly, wishing him all the best. He is extremely well-deserved. And I ain't even going to lie, man. I was nitpicking. This this guy especially, I was nitpicking at every single thing. Looking at all his uh, yeah, uh, games. Looking at all the games where they got blown out. And seeing, you know, if he screwed up or whatnot. I was really, like, headhunting here. And even then, he graded out at 86.5 for me isn't that crazy
0: yeah no i i gotta i gotta agree with that um even thinking back to an entire game um the like the one last year against Mesa ridge that's just like watching watch and he's impossible to miss on the field too um with, with his level of play and obviously with his iconic look as well but um it was just like, wow, he's exactly where he needs to be on every play. And, you know, was a huge part on why they shut out that insane Mesa Ridge offense. Like, literally, they, they couldn't do anything. They couldn't do anything, and Ty was a huge part of that. So, um, and man, does he make your job. Everybody at uh, Washington State has got to be stoked because if you're a safety, if you're a corner, if you're a D-lineman, your job just got easier uh, the day that Ty committed, so...
1: Yeah, you're getting a leader, man. I mean, that's who he is, and he does so many of these things, right? He's worked so hard, you know, and he's gotten better every year. There are definitely some things that, you know, two or three years ago as a sophomore, I was like, yeah, he could definitely work on, and he's gotten better at it, you know? And so, sky's the limit for him. I mean, really no surprises here. Can't emphasize enough just how good of a dude he is. I also know he's helping out. You know, his teammates over at Fountain for Carson, those underclassmen, Uh, some of those underclassmen do be telling me how much he helps them out and they really appreciate that as well. And so he will be missed, but he is our number one middle linebacker by far here. Uh, Just to go over our order again at number five is Cape Olsen out of Ponderosa at four is Zach Lewis out of Fairview at three is Brett Alvey out of Pine Creek. At two is JoJo Joseph Garnett out of Vista Ridge, and then at number one is Ty Fave out of Fountain Fort Carson. You know something crazy is that all these guys probably played each other uh, on the Colorado Springs level, like in that inner league at one point. Uh, Ty JoJo and Brett, at least not Zach and Kate Olson, which is a testament to Southern Colorado football. Love to see it alive and well there, but uh.
0: There goes the Homer. Nah, there goes the, nah, the hey, Homer. Hey, hey.
1: hey I, I gotta defend our guys. Southside <laughs> man, they they go to work. They gotta work. You know, can't you can't the the results don't lie. The numbers don't lie. You know, can't make that up. Fair enough. Non fabricated. Anyways, Cody uh i mean i don't know any last words i mean anything else you want to say about this group this is a great group of linebackers here man this is the best we've ever had
0: i I gotta echo any last words what an ominous way to ask if i have anything to add on but anyways um no yeah this is definitely this was a really fun group to evaluate uh really glad that we had the rubrics for for this class uh otherwise it would have been a nightmare Um, but yeah, I'd say that these five definitely stood above the rest in very solid ways and lucky, lucky to any of the schools who get these guys absolutely love to see it here. And, uh, you know, they're going to go, when they go to the next level, they're going to put on and people are going to be like, where, where did you play high school ball? They're going to be like Colorado. And, and it's going to, it's going to let people know, but, um, outside of that once again just recap uh five k bolson out of ponderosa four zach lewis out of fairview three brett alvey out of pine creek two jojo garnett out of vista ridge and number one ty fave out of fountain for carson and that will do it for this top five episode here of this is our first one so stay tuned as we go through the rest of the positions here stay tuned for all of those where we break down the film and uh you know we're working on this pretty ahead of time so be excited for the rest of these that will follow go ahead and find where to listen to these on anywhere you listen to podcasts, primarily Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Make sure that you like, follow, subscribe to any of those so you get notifications and have those notifications turned on so that you know whenever these top five episodes or any of our other content come out. We also announce the episodes on our social medias, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, assuming Twitter is still a company by the time this uh, episode is released. Um, You can find any of those at Playmaker's Corner or at Playmaker Corner for Twitter. Um, obviously, make sure to stay tuned to our TikTok, uh, where we have, you know, a little bit of uh clips and whatnot going on for some players that we break down and just content that we will make, as well as our YouTube uh, playmakers corner. Go ahead and subscribe to there as well. And then, you know, we're also on Twitch. We haven't posted anything in a while, but just stay tuned. Go ahead and follow us on there anyway whatsoever. I don't think there's anything else to add on. And I've been one of your hosts for this episode, Cody Stoffer. And I'm
1: the other one, Coach V.
0: And peace out. Peace.